Hello and welcome Under the Kotatsu. I'm your host, Austin, joined as always by Danielle. Hey, nerds. And Danny. Hello. And we're back to talk about uh, more Bloom into You. We've finished the anime, though I can't say the anime finished much of anything, but we'll get to that. Um, uh, let's go around the table, see what everybody is drinking this afternoon. Danny, what are you sipping on? I'm, I'm having a uh, fruit smoothie, some peaches and plums and pineapple and banana, all in, in one good old smoothie. Um, I uh, just got finished with cooking, so this will be a, a nice uh, frosty treat for the, the hot-ass day it is today. I thought it was getting colder, damn it. Nope. <laughs> Still technically <laughs> not fall. Ugh, lame. Uh, correct, thank you for the uh, correct pronunciation of uh, banana, by the way. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Danielle, what are you drinking? I have a coffee with some amaretto. Ooh, I love amaretto. I wish I could be fancy too, but I just have a, a big old bottle of water. Uh, I gotta stay nice. hydrated. It's not even that hot out here, but uh, I am very tired of <laughs> it up uh, on <laughs> no sleep. And I think if I had my normal kind of afternoon beer on a Saturday, I would just pass out mid-recording. Uh, not necessarily because of the show, though maybe because of the show, but mostly because I'm tired <laughs> and because alcohol would just accelerate that. Um, but yeah, so we're, t- we're back to talk about episodes 7 through 13 of Bloom Into You. Um, I think I liked what we did last time, just kind of getting general thoughts out of the way. Um, so I kind of want to start with you, Danny. Uh, what were your <laughs> what were your vibes uh, on this this batch of episodes? Initial thought: I was like, "Damn, I'm here for this episode seven. I think we all agree, probably the best episode. It uh, goes into a character that I think is way more interesting than any other character. Her whole plight is. We talked about this kind of last episode, where saying like, "Man, I wish you kind of." Uh, it was more about like her coming to terms with her queerness or like understanding herself and so on and so forth. Like that's really what we get in episode seven with a different character. Uh, but then, boy, after that, um, do do things uh, fall off? The number of times I wrote something to the effect of "Oh my god, just do blah," or like "This is awkward," or "I physically cringed," or something like that came up more and more frequently uh leading to one of the worst non-endings that i've seen in a while the only only one that's worse i think might be uh 365 days this day <laughs> or the, the next 365 days yeah that's the, that the closest i could think that's three the, the third <laughs> one where <laughs> i just kind of gave up but very different energies for those uh those two endings <laughs> but on par with the level of like that's really where you're gonna end it are you kidding me uh, so uh, after we get over initial thoughts i can go over why the ending is where it is sure well why very don't you curious. uh you fill us in on on, on your thoughts rewatching uh these episodes since you've you've actually seen these before um yeah um like i said or like danny said episode seven is great um and i'm I'm glad i could give you y'all the true yuri romance anime experience where it just fucking ends <laughs> but uh yeah this is really just like um i don't know i didn't have anything stick out too much to me um it really just kind of feels like it's um just adapting part of the manga without any like a clear direction mm-hmm. yep <laughs> uh 
I feel pretty similar uh, to you, Danny. Um, though I think less harsh on on these episodes than you seem to be. I do just find like it is so baffling to me, like what gets focused on and what doesn't. And like my big complaint with the first six episodes was not really clicking with the relationship dynamic between the two main characters. That gets fixed like at the end of the last batch of episodes we watched, and it's like interesting and fine in this one. But there's so much other stuff going on I could not care less about. They, like, just don't spend time on the thing I'm, like, finally invested in. And then, like we're saying, like, it just kind of, like, ends. There's no real conclusion to any of the big, like, plot lines and character arcs and themes. Um, We'll get into it later. But I, I genuinely don't know what you're supposed to do if you, like haven't read the manga and you just watch this on a lark and you go like wait what the fuck (laughs) and you get to the end of it i guess you go well i guess i either read the manga or just try to forget this and make space (laughs) in my brain for something else Um, but uh yeah so um here's the thing about the show um this aired um late 2018 um the manga itself ended late 2019 um so i'm not sure like what the uh Mm. production timeline for the show was but um, it wouldn't be a stretch to say that, like, uh, this was as far as the manga got when uh, production on the show started. Okay. Wow. That makes a wow. lot of sense. And also, like, I guess leave space for them to eventually make a second season. Like, it wouldn't be unheard of, I guess, if, like, the reason there isn't one is because they couldn't immediately do a second season. They had to wait for the manga to finish. But but they can still, like, be like, hey, you can still go buy the volumes, you can go buy the Ellen spinoff, Neo Nakatani has a new manga. Yeah. Like, the show's not unpopular, it's just, I guess, well, sure. a less popular genre. But if I were going just off of this, without if I didn't know anything about the series generally, you know, just picked it up because it was airing seasonally or whatever, I wouldn't feel compelled to read the manga. I'd be like, well, that was a shitty ending. That's it. I, I don't know, like, it doesn't lead into, like, a oh man, I'm really curious of how this... Like, if they had ended it with... Spoiler for a later discussion, but if they had ended it with the... uh, With the, like, the actual doing the play, and then it's like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen from here. Like, all the cards are on the table. That'd be one thing. But as it is, just like, I, I would finish watching this and be like, I don't care. Like, this is just... They're at the aquarium. Like, it, it doesn't lead off on a oh, I, I gotta go out and get the volumes now. It's like, oh, well, it, it just kind of finished. They they do have a bit of, like, a, a hook at the end of the 13th episode after the aquarium stuff. I guess, but, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the thing too for me that's so baffling me. about the ending is, like, it, it doesn't, like, if this is the only season that's ever gonna exist of the show, it doesn't even, like, attempt to offer some kind of, like, conclusion, you know? It's it's just baffling. Like I, I think I would have written a like anime exclusive like set of scenes for this lo- for the last episode uh, to kind of like at least tie up the one season of anime, but it literally just like kind of comes to a complete stop. Um it which is weird. Yeah, it really feels like a, just a straight they got in order to adapt these episodes. Yeah. They did it as faithful or these chapters and they did it as faithfully as possible. But um the chapters there's just like not really a great um stopping point in there like i do think the play would be like the ideal stopping point but that kind of uh would leave a potential second season to be um not have that much material i'm not sure um how much um 
anyone knew the manga was going to last longer. Like, it's, there's a lot of production questions. I don't know, but, like, I think the timing of the adaptation really hurt it. They were probably trying to rush it out um, to get those uh, manga sales, and uh, <laughs> I think it ended up hurting them. They should yeah, have. Yeah, I think um... it's just doomed from the start. Like this. Was Anyways, that's why idea. I'm excited to um, have y'all see the actual ending <laughs> because I <laughs> do think that's like going to be way more interesting to talk about than the ending of this. Yeah, if you could, if you could even yeah. call it an ending. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Like that. That kind of like. Oh, the manga's not done, so we're gonna like make episodes alongside. It worked for something like Naruto because there was like a thousand chapters. It doesn't work with such a small story. Like, just give it a rest for like a couple months and then release the the actual thing. Like, that's so weird. Well, this is why you can't just like be deadly faithful because then you just end up with like the first like two thirds of a story. <laughs> and like, pe- it turns out people want resolutions to things. Like, they don't just want all of your uh, your loose ends just dangling at the end of a thing it's very unsatisfying this this is the show that has uh i would not consider myself have considered myself this kind of person going into the show of like giving a shit about whether you should read the manga or something or watch the anime first or whatever like do you whichever seems more interesting more up your alley like whatever i now feel the rage people feel when they're like oh i can't believe this anime isn't a complete adaptation of this manga i like because it's like you get shit like this where it's like i feel like We'll see how I feel after reading the manga too, but I feel like I would just recommend people skip the anime entirely because watch the OP and ED read the manga. Or I guess like if you read the manga and you go, oh, I really like this. I really like these characters. I want to see them like animated and voice acted. Then like watch the anime. I don't think there's much of anything to get out of just the anime. I think you kind of have to uh, go to the source to get like whatever story they're going for. Like I don't have too much like in terms of like broad thematic analysis for these episodes because we just don't get conclusions to those things there's only like so much you can say when you only have like part of the story told to you that's just very yeah. strange like i was saying this is a fucking standard for yuri romance anime it just well so this is my question <laughs> is is it but like do other incomplete uh adaptations of like yuri manga at least try to have some sort of like tie the bow up on things ending because this doesn't even try they, like, they usually concerned. will try to yeah. um have some sort of like minor original conclusion yeah because that's the thing or at least like a better fucking stopping point because yeah they i feel like almost they (laughs) yeah just really unfortunate adaptation not in the fact that like i think it was like produced poorly or anything but just like the timing with the source material was very poor for the anime side of things this is why um a lot of studios look at fuck like or not sorry this not why, but this is the um, end result of a lot of um, anime productions being looked at as um, advertisements for print media. You get mm. this. This is what happens. Yep. No, it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's so frustrating because they teed it up so well. The end of episode for all my problems with episode twelve, they they the end of episode twelve. I was like, fucking finally, uh, you is doing something like actually taking the initiative on something she finally has agency she's finally doing something that'll affect change in the story and then episode 13 beyond like a very small scene like at the very beginning it's completely unrelated yeah it's wild. it's like they just gave up <laughs> yeah it's, it's it is buck wild that they teed it up so well and then just like 
whiffed it completely. Yeah, they just, it, they it's just, insulting. I didn't even try. <laughs> yeah, God, like the little ending stinger that um, seems. Um, I know where it goes, so I'm like, oh yeah, that's continuing with you actually having agency there, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that reads differently for y'all, not knowing where it's going. <laughs> I think that's a good point for us to just kind of get into it so we can talk specifics on these things um but i think that does a good job kind of setting the, the scene for how these episodes go it'd be weird to talk through all these episodes and kind of hold back on like yeah the the ending is not um but anyway um so we're starting with episode seven which uh is called a pile of secrets slash spark um so in a flashback, we see Psyche from a or form a romantic relationship with another girl uh, in middle school. Their relationship seems to be going well, but one day the girl breaks things off with Psyche, claiming it all to be just a phase. Psyche, who changes schools to attend a co-ed high school, thinks that uh, she might be right until she meets Nanami Toko and falls immediately in love with her. Um, back in the present, Koyomi has decided to help the student council write their play but she's looking for inspiration. She asks you and Nanami, or you what Nanami's really like in order to learn more about the student council members, uh, hoping to find some inspiration in them. You struggles to describe Nanami's personality, partly because she does not want to reveal Nanami's imperfect side, and partly because she doesn't want to let on about her and Nanami's relationship by telling Kiyomi all the cute things that Nanami does when they're alone. Um, meanwhile, Nanami receives yet another love letter after class, Psyche asks her who it's from this time, and Nanami mentions that it's from a girl. Psyche asks if she dislikes getting love letters from girls, to which Nanami says no, but finds it hard to turn them down. Their conversation eventually turns towards you and Nanami's relationship, with Psyche pointing out how close the two of them have gotten uh, clearly jealous. Um, that afternoon, Psyche, Nanami, you, and Kiyomi meet at a cafe to discuss the play. When one of their teachers, Miss Hakazaki, comes into the class or into the cafe, she's greeted by the woman who runs the cafe with a welcome home, uh, which Hakazaki brushes off. Um, but Psyche clearly picks up on a possible relationship between the two of them. Uh, as they're walking home together, Nanami asks you if she can start calling her by her given name around her. Excited that you agrees with no hesitation, she blurts out that you can call her by her given name too. You practices calling Nanami Toko-senpai, to which Nanami can't help but get flustered and blush over. Uh, you thinks to herself how cute this embarrassed side of Nanami is. In a cutaway scene, we see the cafe manager and Miss Hakazaki are, in fact, living together as a couple. That's just a quick thing that happens. Um, one day after school, Psyche decides to visit the cafe again by herself. She nervously asks the manager if her and Miss Hakazaki are dating, to which she says yes. Psyche opens up about her gay feelings for Nanami and how she feels like she can't tell her how she really feels or it'll destroy their friendship. Um, the manager consoles her with a cup of coffee on the house and tells her that she's a nice girl for prioritizing Nanami's feelings over her, uh, but that it can be ultimately uh, hard to hold back your true feelings for someone like that. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, as you said, Danny, I think this is the episode where I went, um, why isn't this show about Psyche? <laughs> I like her so much. <laughs> and mostly because, like, I guess I just that's just me saying I wish this was a show about, like, unrequited gay feelings. Um, that that's the kind of uh, mess I prefer than whatever's going on with with you and Nanami. Um, but it's good. It's good that we like we get 
bat like some interiority into like the other kind of main character who's also gay <laughs> and it's nice to see like an older queer couple in a show like this like normally all that stuff just gets relegated to like the the younger people in the story so it's nice to just be like oh they're they're just like a normal couple and they live together and they're they're cute and that's cool yeah it's nice to see them but i think like like an even bigger part of like both um sayaka's and um um the um adults here is like the show like um very much going against some of the um class s and other <clears throat> yuri tropes that like oh the uh this is something the girls will go out will grow out of and i do think the um the plot of the show and the manga is pretty adamant about the no fuck it there's queer people out there they yeah. it's not a phase they're still gay and i think that's nice like knowing how much of um the genre is like that sometimes i want to uh bring that up i'll bring it up now because we're we're talking about it i was really thrown off uh, and i'd love to get your guys opinion on on episode 13 where the the two the the teacher and the cafe manager are having a conversation and the the manager says something like so do you prefer girls or, or boys and the teacher says like I don't actually like girls. You're more like a special case, which the, the phrasing of that really threw me off because it wasn't just like, like, obviously, you know, bi people exist. Like, clearly, I'm not Hello. saying like, oh, yeah, <laughs> so, but like, it's it's just it was just very weird that a her part, partner like didn't really know, like they hadn't had that discussion before. B like it's just like that the, the phrasing of it of like it's not like oh I like I like girls I like I like predominantly and with guys however you know some girls are like special to me it was like oh no I don't like girls you just specifically are like a special case that was that was very weird like it offset it, it threw me off I, I don't know if I'm just getting caught up in the phrasing too much but it almost felt like they were trying to like distance themselves from calling her like a hundred percent lesbian it was like oh no I actually like guys. It's like weird. A special case. I, I just looked at the lines to double check what she says. She says like, um, she's like, oh, I'm not not normally interested in girls. Um, to which like her partner like has like a shocked face, and then she's like, wait, wait, that's not like how I meant it. And then she clarifies, she's like, I'm not like normally I'm not interested in girls, but with you, it's like different. Is basically like the point she's trying to make. Um, I get. It, I yeah. I it just, like, like there's. Threw me off. There's a whole thing that they're they're kind of trying to do there because there's also this is the same scene that she's like you know talking about her friend that she gets to help them out with the camp they have. There's like a whole thing there, kind of exploring like you know sexuality way that this show has just not been focused on before. I mostly just dismissed it as like this is kind of grown worthy and like you, you just haven't dedicated any time to this. It just doesn't like <laughs> whatever they're trying to do. It just doesn't play well. But the stuff that's in episode seven with them is very cute. Like the stuff where she, yes, like, oh absolutely, she comes to the cafe and. She She's immediately like, oh, welcome home. And like that has like a bit of a different context. Um, it still plays well in English, but has like a bit of a different context of like you, like you would greet someone like that <laughs> as they walk into your cafe. It's like a very telling thing. Um, but um, and then they're like cute together when we see them kind of being a bit more like domestic and like uh, with each other uh, like later on in the episode. Um, but like you're saying, Daniel, like immediately obvious that the show is trying to be like, you know, like queer people exist. This isn't just like a, a fantasy or like a, a thing that these characters are going to grow out of yeah exactly yeah within the genre space there's some yuri works and um especially class s was um pretty notorious for the uh how much of 
it's just a phase thing it was doing. Mm. Or even like, you know, real life stuff, like, you know, <laughs> so yeah. much queerness in the yeah. world gets relegated to like, oh, you'll grow out of this kind of shit, you know, so it's cool that the show's kind of taking a pretty, pretty firm stance on that. Um, yeah, especially beginning, beginning of next episode, but we'll get into that. But um, yeah, no, I reading my notes back are very, very funny to me because I'm actually pretty negative at first where I'm like, you know, the problem here, like you're, you're, you're shifting the focus onto uh, Sayaka or, or Psyche. Um, like, and like, I don't like care about her. Cause like, you know, she's not really been defined as a character outside of her relationship to Toko and like, da, 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 da. And then I was like saying like, oh, maybe you could like move this back a little bit in the series so that you get a little more kind of inf like understanding of why she is kind of cold towards you. And then I was like, wait a minute. Actually, the problem is that this show should just be about Psyche. Like, she's the most compelling character by far in this. Um, like, both her kind of unrequitedness, but then just the entire, like, social expectations of, like, oh, it was just a phase, or, like, oh, I don't really understand my own queerness, and I need to kind of, like, come into it kind of thing. Uh, it was, like, so much, it worked so much better than anything else in the series, because... I felt like I was actually seeing a person and not just like a stock anime character, which I that's mostly my feelings towards uh, you and, and uh, Toko. But uh, but yeah, I was like really down on this episode. And then I realized, like, wait a minute, the reason I'm down on this is because I wish the whole series was just this series, this episode or this character. Yeah, I can also kind of tell, like looking at my notes that like I, I was so much more invested in like psyche's emotional stakes than either you or nanami's up to this point in the show because i have a lot of notes that just like oh poor psyche or psyche poor poor baby <laughs> like you know like genuinely like feel feel for like what she's going through um in a way that i just don't about like any of the other characters so you're absolutely right it's one of those episodes you watch where you go like oh this like side character should absolutely get like the spotlight um damn i really should read those uh sayaka <laughs> Yeah, I bet those are good. And there's some good good visuals too when she, when she goes back to the the cafe later to talk to the the manager, which I really like that kind of like, hey, I don't like it's like she finds someone who she, she sees herself in and like is able to kind of talk to kind of openly. But like a lot of the visual stuff there, like there's a part that I I, I labeled it as like the reverse of the tear of the goofy goober where yes. instead of <laughs> making a heart it kind of splits apart. I was like, oh, that's, like, good visual storytelling. Nice. Awesome. There's also a point where she's, where, she's like, um, Sayaka is saying, does hiding my true feelings in the shot has her face, like, obscured by a lamp? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not exactly subtle, but works. Well, comparing it to most anime shot composition, you're on the right yeah. track. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just liked, and this, this gets changed later on, but the way I read the ending of this episode was almost like Sayaka, or sorry, maybe it was, no, it was this episode, leading it, leading it to next, maybe, but um, Sayaka kind of coming to terms of like, hey, you know what, like, I am not, like, my feelings are not re reciprocated, but that's okay, I'm just, like, I'm just happy having someone in my life, I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. Like, that was the vibe I really got towards the end of this episode, where it was just like, hey, you know what, I have a really good friend, and I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. They do some things that counter that later later in the series but for a bit there i was like wow this is like the good version of you and uh nanami's relationship where nanami is like oh i'm just going to keep pestering you the entire time and, and you's going to be a stone wall instead it's like oh 
you don't have the same feelings for me? That's okay, I still like being your friend. And then they ruin that later, but that's okay. For the time being, I was really riding high on this episode. Yeah, I love everything about the, uh, I think in my notes and maybe even in my episode descriptions, I just refer to it as the the local lesbian cafe. Um, <laughs> I just love, like, there, there were two different, I guess maybe not versions of the show, but just two different shows I imagined in my head which is, like, the show about, like, Psyche, like, having this, like, um, kind of really doubtful experience of, like, being in a queer relationship in middle school and then having the person kind of, like, pull the rug out from under her and then going into high school and having crush on this girl that, like, like she feels like she can't reciprocate towards. Um, or the version of the show that is just, like, a, like, slice-of-life show about a lesbian cafe manager that listens to all the local queer kids' problems <laughs> and, like, offers advice each episode. Like, I, I would write that fanfic. I would write that Bloom Into You fanfic about the, the, the gay uh, cafe owner. I'm, I'm sensing a trend with us where any cafe episode just works so much better. Um, in Flying Witch, there was the uh, the cafe episode where they were <laughs> yeah. with the fox and everything, and now we're here in the, the lesbian cafe. It just goes to show that Polar Bear Cafe truly is the, like, the, the ur-anime, the, like, platonic ideal that all anime <laughs> strive to be. <laughs> um, and as far as, like, you know, like, kind of, um, you know, like, episodes where the characters all go to a cafe is, like, kind of like a, a stop type, stock type of anime episode. Uh, we get a couple other stock types of anime episodes this batch that just had me uh, bored, oh out of, bored out of my skull. Um, but we'll, we'll mm -hmm. talk about that. Um, and I guess, now that I think about it, one other stock anime episode that I was here for, although it's, it's also the ending and baffling. <laughs> but again, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too much else to say. It's just, it's really good. I think, like, Psyche's, like... Psyche's backstory stuff is just like kind of heartbreaking and melancholic in a way that just like really gets to me. I love a good like unrequi unrequited romance story, especially if it's gay. Um, so this just this just hit me. And then you know we get more with Psyche throughout uh, the rest of these episodes, but it does it kind of like this is the first time it really comes to the foreground, and then it's back to just mm -hmm. kind of being in the background or off to the side for the rest of the series um and probably just one of the things that works out better in the manga because the manga actually gets to develop that stuff and, and have a place to go with it uh unlike this which spoilers this the stuff with psyche doesn't really get resolved in the next six episodes of the anime and yeah, no, there's a, a little bit of stuff here and there but on the on the scale of like wistful glances kind of thing um and almost like like during the training camp, like almost like, man, I just want to be there for my friend who's clearly not coping well with the death of her sister, you know, still kind of unresolved trauma. The the only thing that really upset me or like I thought was completely off tone was uh, the scene where they're all like sleeping in the same room and Sayaka all of a sudden's like, oh my god, I just want to touch her and like I oh man, I'm just glad that, you know, it's not just the two of them because they would just, you know, like, I didn't like that because I felt that that went more against her kind of like, hey, I'm just gonna like keep on keeping on kind of thing that I was getting from Seven. Um, but it just, uh, other than that though, most of her interactions with uh, Nanami from here on out are positive. They're just like, hey, tell me about your sister. I read about her in the play from seven years ago and like, just generally like supportive friendship and i'm I'm here for that really 
I do think I get a different read on the very ending of this episode, which is not her like coming to terms with anything. I think it's like, you know, she's clearly relieved to have someone to talk through about her feelings. And like basically what the, I don't, she has a name. I didn't write it down anywhere in my notes. So I just call her the, like the cafe manager. But the Miyako. <laughs> what's that? Miyako. Miyako. Um, Miyako's, Miyako's basically like, hey, it's valid for you to like feel that way. Like it's, like extremely noble of you to like put your friend's feelings before your own but also it's like hella hard to keep those feelings bottled up and Sayaka's like yeah don't I know it and that's the end of the episode so I don't I don't read it as like a she's come to terms with anything she's just mostly like yeah I really am walking on a knife's edge huh <laughs> um and that's how <laughs> that's I read fair. her interactions the rest of it which is she's still trying to be supportive for Nanami she's still trying to just be that close friend but she has those moments like there's two i think of where the one you're talking about those sleeping in the same room together and she's basically like yeah if you weren't here i'd probably try something which i liked and um there's another moment i think it's in episode 13 where she's like uh talking with nanami about her sister and she almost goes to like either it's kind of hard to tell she's either gonna like put her arm around her or like on her shoulder and she goes for like the like cupping her hand on the table instead sort of gesture um, where she's like clearly trying to like, eh, maybe I could make a move here, but then decides not to. So she's clearly like still thinking about that stuff. And I assume that like that meets a, you know, uh, end in the road <laughs> in the manga. But it, again, it's just one of those things that's hard to like analyze uh, in the show because it's just like it doesn't really lead anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, also, quick, quick sidebar, um, <laughs> because uh, I was looking at the Wikipedia descriptions just to make sure I didn't miss anything from the episode. Um, <laughs> there is... <laughs> a stage play adaptation of the manga uh and then I they made that. a second stage play adaptation of the sayaka light novels oh so there's my God. two different stage plays uh of the regarding sayaka psyche sayaka light novels um but it is very funny the idea that i don't know if the uh stage play is just like a breakneck adaptation of the manga or if they just cut out all the fat and like they just like really get into it but that's a very funny idea of like oh yeah this whole thing could be wrapped up in a two-hour stage play <laughs> oh it absolutely could be yeah you just gotta yeah, cut oh, out the, the fucking relay race <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> speaking of <laughs> uh well before we go to the next episode i've got uh two voice actors oh, oh i did God. write down the manager's notes i only wrote her <laughs> name down one and it's it's for the voice actor but I just copied and pasted it, so it went through my head. Um, but so, yeah, the um, cafe manager, whose name is Kodama Miyako, she is voiced by Mori uh, Nanako. Not a lot of credits, um, but she is um, Kenjo Akira, a.k.a. Kira Chocola in um, uh, Kira Kira Pre-Kira a la Mode. Love her. Um, so getting typecast as a lesbian. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> she's uh, Dorothea in Sirius. She's Yukiko in Megalobox. She's uh, Amelia in Gundam Build Divers. Um, and uh, I saw this somewhere. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll mention it. Um, uh, I'm going to try to say this name as best as I can because I've only ever seen it, not heard it uh arlecchino in genshin impact she's the japanese voice actor for that character uh figure people play that game so i would mention that um uh, that character hasn't been released yet so <laughs> not that i would know there's fan art of that character so as far as i yeah, i know that, they are released and have always matters. been released um <laughs> i wouldn't say it matters more just it's an inevitability you know like uh <laughs> genshin impact characters have always been here 
in the in the homestuck parlance of things and then the other voice actor i have is um the teacher uh hakusaki riko who's like the younger students like english teacher and then like the older students homeroom teacher it's like weird her her like actual relationship um and i guess she's like technically like the assistant representative for the student council because uh, the actual like teacher representative doesn't do shit we see him like two times in the show um but she is voiced by um nakahara mai who is nagisa and clanad uh rena in higurashi uh juvia in fairy tale uh watashi in humanity has declined ayano and uh makaku city uh actors uh uh, Kashima Yu in Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun, uh, Nanami in Katana Gatari, uh, Harno in My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu, Nagisa in Strawberry Panic, uh, Teru in Psyche, or not Psyche, Saki, <laughs> um, Yashiro in uh, Uchiten Kazuku, great show, um, Barara Pior in Gundam Reconquista in G, um, and uh, Enjoji Tamaki in Aikatsu Friends, that's the manager show and she's great um and then we actually got through most of the voice actors last time so i only have one more for the rest of this episode which was good for me because i had to write seven episode descriptions uh, which is more than usual speaking of um next up is episode eight which is called intersection slash reined in um while waiting at the train station for Nanami, uh, Psyche has a run-in with her ex-girlfriend. Her ex apologizes for their relationship and hopes that Psyche turns out quote-unquote normal. Um, upset by this, Psyche leads her on to believe that Nanami is her new girlfriend, grabbing Nanami's arm as they walk off together. The student council prepares for their upcoming field day relay race. Everyone seems to be doing their part well, except for Psyche and use baton pass. Nanami suggests the two do extra practice together. But Psyche finds this unnecessary as she feels like the race isn't as important as Nanami makes it out to be. In an attempt to clear the bad air between them, Yu invites Psyche to fake McDonald's after school where the two grow to understand each other a little better as they talk about themselves and Nanami's devotion towards the play. Um, after school one day, it's raining hard as everybody heads home. Uh, Yu, who's forgotten to take an umbrella to school, goes around trying to find someone who can share their umbrella before running into Nanami, who offers to walk her home under, the umbre- under her umbrella. Uh, the two bond, talking about their childhoods as they walk together. Eventually, the two take a break under shelter, where Yu helps Nanami dry her hair. Nanami worries that she's being spoiled by Yu's generosity, but Yu admits that feel, uh, feeling like Nanami's caretaker actually makes her feel happy. Um, this unsettles Nanami for a bit as she gets the sense that Yu might be falling in love with her, but Yu quickly corrects what she meant when she senses Nanami's reaction. The episode ends with Yu and Psyche finally getting... Uh, the timing right on their baton pass during their next practice. Uh, so yeah, we get we're, we're getting an obligatory field day <laughs> arc of episodes. Well, and so a uh, quick uh, uh, side note to the to part some of your description um, is she runs into Nanami with the the umbrella, but is, this is the one where she's like she's like avoiding Nanami the whole time. Like she keeps going like, oh, I could call Nanami or text Nanami and see if she's available but like she keeps avoiding her essentially which i was like wait why <laughs> like what, what what's wrong with nanami but she just she just is that's just what she's doing now i, I assume i assume she's she's worried about like nanami thinking she's like starting to actually be interested in her um i wish the show told me something like i mean again like yeah that makes sense but like i don't know yeah i don't know this character 
I mean, well, I mean, something we didn't get into in episode seven, because it is mostly psyche focused, is we do start to clearly get the sense that, like, you has caught feelings for um, Nanami, which is like, fucking finally, hands up in the air like Jeb Bush. Like, <laughs> yes, finally. Um, uh, and we get more of that in this episode um, when, like, you and Psyche are talking about uh, Nanami at the, oh, God, it is, I, I messaged you all this uh, privately, that it is one of the worst uh, fake McDonald's <laughs> names I've ever seen. Uh, it is spelled Y um apostrophe lowercase d capital d o n a l d s yadonalds <laughs> um so they go to they go to yadonalds and they they talk about uh nanami and they're both clearly like skirting around their feelings for her um and so like finally getting you kind of recognizing like oh yeah i actually kind of like her is um is good and cool um and so to me, like all the stuff with the the umbrella stuff made it that that kind of made it clear what was going on to me. I mostly left that out of my description because um, it's like eight minutes of the episode where she just wanders around from person to person going like, can I walk home with you or do you have an umbrella? And then not getting an umbrella <laughs> or not getting someone to walk home with her. It's like th- this is when I started to like uh, not enough to like actually put it in my notes, I don't think, but like just started to get the creeping feeling of like the show sure is like spending a lot of time on things that don't really advance the plot forward at all uh and that's a theme going yeah. forward um well and even the stuff with sayaka and you like the it's like not all that interesting for one because for, so for one like at one point sayaka is like oh i thought you were like really dependable first year but it turns out you're really rude and you doesn't respond at all she just completely blank faces it which i'm like wait that, like you see like you're brushing past that real quick but okay um but Sayaka's relationship to you only matters in the context of Yu's relationship to Nanami. Like, their relationship together doesn't really matter, because it's only defined by their relationship to this other person. Yeah, well, they're rivals, I don't right? care about... Like, they're well, yeah, romantic rivals. But I don't care about you and Nanami's relationship, because neither of them are characters that are defined outside of their relationship to each other that they keep kind of skirting around. So it's this weird, like, devil's triangle where no one... <laughs> no one but Sayaka is interesting by themselves, and together they're not interesting because they're not interesting by themselves to me. So it's just like this weird fucked up thing where no one's interesting when they're together, and only sometimes interesting when they're by themselves. <laughs> it's very strange. I don't know, I, I quite liked, you know, like I said, the them clearly, like, talking around their actual feelings towards Nanami, where it's like, yeah, she's so great and... And, and awesome right huh <laughs> what'd you say she's pretty i didn't catch that um like that that's kind of the, the tone of their conversation it's it's cool um again doesn't really go anywhere in, in the anime it's not like they really <laughs> complete the oh they're romantic rivals you know uh arc of their characters um so hopeful for the manga <laughs> i got i got excited when the the you know 20 minute umbrella sidebar happened like it was kind of nice to see Yu's friends just doing their own thing. And I was like, hey, that's cool. Like, characters who just, like, exist and are doing their, like, oh, that's, they're playing basketball or, like, whatever. It's like, okay, cool. Finally, some characters who are just, like, defined within themselves. Great, I can be here for that. And then, nope, all comes back. To, and then we get a cool little sidebar with uh, Yu's sister oh cool like get to see their relationship and like you's sister talks about like how you is slow to commit to something but once she does she's on it like you know flies on shit or whatever <laughs> which like 
cool that we're hearing that from someone else. Like, we're getting some information about this char- the main character of the show. It's a shame that I don't get to see that from the main character herself, but whatever. So, it just... And then it, the, is, I, it just... Is that the last time we see her sister? Now that I'm thinking yes. about it? <laughs> That's very yes. funny. <laughs> on, a, on a phone call while she's driving her boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah. Her boyfriend's on the phone. Yeah, she's boyfriend. not. Like, yeah. she's... But, um, the, uh, and then everything with the, after the, they get the umbrella doesn't really work for me either. Like, the, um, uh, uh, Nanami says, like, you're the only one that I can tell, like, talk to about my childhood. And I just, like, scream, like, but why? Is it because one time she said that she doesn't understand love? Is it because she's, like, an emotional void? Because she doesn't have expectations of you, because she like see like she herself insists up like it's just like all this like well, but why like you barely know this person. Well, I got a I got a mental exercise for you. Imagine uh, a patient at a hospital and she has amnesia and she's presented with oh my three different versions of herself. <laughs> but really, it was the version that was her all along that really mattered. You know, um, does that mean anything to you? I. I have a whole. Th- we're gonna. I. I. am I've been edging this whole time to talk about the play and how I would have structured it. But like, we'll get to it because I think my notes in like episode twelve, which is buck wild that it takes that long to to get to the play that they introduce in episode six. That episode twelve is the point that matters. But whatever. It's- it makes so much sense knowing that they were just adapting like what existed basically and just like didn't throw anything out because they threw anything out it would have been like a five episode series right (laughs) but this is the kind of shit that you like you throw out right you throw out the stupid umbrella scene (laughs) or you just like you cut her ping-ponging around the school you just have her like nervously like thinking about texting nanami if she could walk her home but like deciding not to and then that's when nanami like walks past her or whatever um, but it's just like there's there's so much where it's like you know like if you were making the show with the whole manga in mind you would be like yeah we can cut this we can cut this and we gotta get like this plot beat needs to happen three episodes in not six episodes in but they're just clearly like either like I guess literally they can't make those choices because if they cut stuff then they don't have enough runtime for a season of anime um, so like you said Daniel it's like was just a bad call to adapt the the manga at this point in its publication because uh either they needed to like give it a fake ending uh which would have sucked in one way or do what they did which is just like offer no ending but um but yeah exactly um <laughs> the play stuff is very funny we'll get to that uh in a few episodes i don't know i kind of like the um maybe not uh, obviously not the umbrella stuff but like their walk home and uh, mainly the scene under the um uh the shelter where use drying Nanami's hairs off mostly just because yeah that's fucking adorable well it's cute but also I like that turn where the second Nanami catches like you starting to like show a genuine interest in their relationship she like immediately turns bitter towards the whole thing and I'm like yes more of this like nasty side of of Nanami um which it creeps up here and there around these episodes but we don't get like it doesn't kind of break loose um, in a way that it feels like it was building towards the the toweling off scene just was it felt awkward to me like because these characters like because you is just such this emotional void it's the same thing with like when she's in the um they're in the room together in like another like last batch of episodes where it's like yeah i'm sure i'm sure nanami is like all hot and bothered by being like toweled off but because you just like is not 
shown as having any sort of emotional line to it, whether it's excitement or like, oh, I got to be careful that I don't get too excited or like whatever. Oh, I don't want to be too intimate, whatever. She just doesn't have this kind of like forward face that makes her to be like, like, yeah, I can internally say, oh, she's probably like trying to be like cutesy and intimate and romantic and all that. But that's just me reading into it, I think, more than the show is giving me. That's that's me going, oh, the standard anime protagonist for a romance would do that. But the problem is for from for me, it just there's so many things that don't read that way that when I do want to read in that way, it just doesn't work anymore. There's too much kind of inertia to overcome to be like, yes, this is romantic now. It's like the only thing that was kind of romantic to me where I was like, oh, hey, that's like messy and like good is when she almost puts her hand on, on Nanami's hand. Like she like, they're like sitting next to each other and she almost puts her hand on her. But other than that, I was like, this is just like uncomfortable. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just like two people being like awkward and not in a, oh, we don't know how to like be in a relationship kind of way. It's just like a weird mishmash that is, it's messy, but unguided. And so, and inconsistent. So it comes across less as like good messy to me and more like poorly done to me. I don't know. It's like, it's not like good messy. It's bad messy to me. Mm-hmm. For me personally. Uh, it, it works for me. I think, um, well, I mean, it's easy for me to read it as um, you has feelings for Nanami, but is just, you know, hiding them because she knows the whole entire thing's going to fall apart if she's honest about her feelings. There's just not enough, like, language there for that. I Like, shown there for that for me. Like, it doesn't have, like, a close-up on her face of, like, her looking kind of unsure of herself or, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. That's the intention. I just don't know that the uh, show is doing enough for me to buy into it enough, I guess. Well, you hate to have to say it, but it becomes immediately more clear that that's the case like 11 episodes in, Um, (laughs) you know, Uh, at this point. Oh, yeah. Like at this point, they're like I said, they're definitely doing more like post episode six is the moment where you does finally start to open up in her internal monologue about like clearly liking nanami like clearly having started to fall in love with her um and so it does read to me as like you know oh she's like just like putting on this stone face but really she's like you know just as excited about uh the time they spend together as as nanami is and that's why she's like nervous about being the one to ask nanami if she could walk her home because she doesn't want her to like you know think too much about it but it's not really until like I mean, like, literally we get this in, like, the last episode, like, most directly where she's just thinking, like, she's literally thinking the thing we've been saying is, like, it sure is fucked up to be in this one side of a relationship where only one person is allowed to love the other one, and the other one has to stay neutral towards the whole thing. Like, she literally has those thoughts, and it's, like, in the manga, right, like, you only have to probably read, like, what, like, 20 chapters, 25 chapters to get to that point, whereas, like, this you have to watch, like, 200 episodes of anime or 200 minutes of anime to get to the part where you just straight up like says to herself how she feels about their relationship um so i i agree it's like and this is probably just another one of the again you danielle bringing in the fact that the manga wasn't complete at this point makes all of this make so much sense because it's like of course if they're adhering to the manga so much like the pace drastically slows down and the time between when they start their relationship and when you starts to express like, hey, 
like it's fucked up that i'm not allowed to admit i love her like of course that time gets dragged out the way they've chosen to adapt it and it's like you know they didn't have much of a choice not to do that um yeah it's still a little surprising to me they chose to adapt this into an anime when it only had like maybe 30 chapters yeah i assume it's uh you know <laughs> dollar sign reasons <laughs> um, but in terms of like storyboarding and the music like production wise the um the whole them under the the shelter scene really good too i thought at least i like the scene where they were at the crosswalk and uh like arguing about who's holding the umbrella who's taller they're arguing so long that the crosswalk changes color again and like oh that's cute the the dialogue there is really cute too because like nanami's like of course i'm taller than you i'm like she spouts off a number i don't know what it is but she's like i'm like 160 centimeters and like you is kind of like stunned but trying to like not act stunned she's like oh wow <laughs> really you're that tall yeah no I, I i i'm glad you brought up the uh like man it's fucked up that you was kind of being forced into this one-sided relationship because yeah like uh, this is from episode 11 but it's it's valid now too but like it, i like what what nanami asks you to do in episode six is like bordering on like self-harm kind of thing like it's definitely not a healthy aspect or, or healthy relationship to, to have in your life. This kind of like, I need you to just be supportive of me while I, I be like a fake self that I have no kind of plans for continuing beyond a certain point indicated by suicide uh, illusions later. But mm-hmm. um, like the, the healthy or right or not right, but like, I don't want to make a moral standing. But, like, it would have been valid for you to just say, like, no, I can't do that for you. Like, that's only going to hurt you. So it really makes me, like, less checked into the relationship where I'm like, this isn't good. Like, this isn't, like, it's messy. But, like, no one seem, no one in the show seems to be, like, really in tune with the fact that that's messy. Like, towards episode, like, 11, 12, that's when we finally get you saying, like, you know, senpai, you idiot. And, like, taking steps to, like, oh, maybe this isn't, like, a healthy course of action anymore. But at this point in the the story, I was just like, has no one said, like, hey, this is a bad thing? Like, maybe maybe Nanami needs some therapy or something? Like, has no one brought this up to her in the past seven years? Or, like... I think it's, like, pretty implied that her parents are pretty aware of what's going on and try being like, hey, you don't have to do this. But Yeah, but we don't get that to, like two episodes from now right like i think the yeah. whole point is like in a, in a the, two minute scene <laughs> yeah like the bones of the thing are there it's just so slow and stretched out that it like just it doesn't work on the level that i assume it works on in the manga because they're just different like we talked about this last time like they're different mediums like you can do different things in those mediums and like just no attempt was made in the adaptation yeah i guess a lot of feelings on my show might come down to the fact that i read the manga first yeah, and I think mm-hmm. we, we got to be careful, I guess, that, like, we are, because especially towards the end, I'm going to say some, <laughs> I mean, I kind of got all of it out of the way at the beginning, but, like, say some very, not dismissive, but, like, harsh things about this show. And I am very interested to read the manga because, like, the, the anime has convinced me, that, like, the manga has to be better, right? But it is, like, it's kind of a failure of an adaptation, and it's, like, no buddy's fault other than whatever like production committee decided that like you know the powers that be that allowed this anime to happen in in the state that he did that it did but like none of the people like writing or you know animating this like it's not their fault obviously um 
but it's just a shame it's like it's just it's just too slow i think that's got to be like the big problem um which just comes down to adaptation choices well that's that's one thing i'm very curious about is all of this the the sports relay shit that takes up you know two episodes out of the 13 two one and a half two episodes whatever uh very curious how many chapters that is in the manga because two episodes let's say you know kind of running along but two episodes is 40 minutes you can probably read a chapter of manga in like i don't know five minutes if you if your speed or your, you know average pace i guess there's not that many words per page um like i'm very curious what the the translation between like did they just go like well shit we don't have enough material to do 13 episodes well fuck there's a sports day chapter let's just stretch that out because a sports day can be a whole thing yeah well because like it's a really good example of like something that works really well in a manga right because the whole point of that is like psyche and you like have to kind of hash out their feelings before this thing and we see the side of like nanami that's like super devoted to making the sports day happen and we'll, we'll talk about some of the spicy stuff that happens in the next episode right but like you get how you come with like, oh, this is an arc I'm going to do in the manga, and it's going to be like six chapters, and you can read through that in like 20 minutes. Whereas like this, it's just like <laughs> having to watch it, it's like, you know, so much slower. Um, but anyway, I feel like yeah. repeating myself. Um, and the whole time I'm thinking, I wish you was a devil man. <laughs> She's so much better at the relay if she was a devil man, I tell you. I mean, you can't forget that devil man had the, the relay thing in the 10th episode that it didn't earn. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I will say though, and this is probably a good segue to get into episode nine. Um, I do think the the relay race served a more interesting purpose in Devil Man than it did in this show. Um, <laughs> but the show I really thought of, which Danny, I know you're uh, you love this as much as I do, is Orange, uh, which also has oh yeah like a relay thing, which is like deeply emotional in that like a hundred percent earned. Um, God, I cry just thinking about that uh, manga and anime. Uh, okay. Well, we should get into episode nine, um, which is called Ready, Set, slash Can't Hear the Starting Pistol. Uh, this is my shortest description, if you couldn't guess. Yu <laughs> uh, goes out to the gym's storage shed to look for the student council's banner for the relay race. As she's walking out of the shed, she runs into Nanami, who's been running around uh, prepping for the field day. The two kiss, apparently something they've been too busy for recently. Nanami asks if she can have you take the initiative for once as a reward after they get through all their field day activities. Most of the rest of the episode is just the field day and the relay race. Have you seen an anime ever that had a field day and or relay race episode? Well, it's exactly like that. Anyway, <laughs> after all the field day stuff is over, Nanami pulls you back into the gym storage shed, eager to receive her reward. Yu uh, tries to take the initiative but can't, making Nanami take the lead instead. As the two kiss, Nanami starts Frenching you. Initially, this startles you, but she and she pushes back. Um, Nanami worries she's crossed a boundary, but you admits that she was into it, and they continue their intimate moment in the PE shed, and that's the end of the episode. I think my last, yeah, my last note on this one is like that's my take on this episode. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, that's my last note on this episode is like uh, if it weren't for the beginning and the end of this episode, this would just be intolerable. <laughs> like there, there would be nothing to this episode. Um, I, I basically just checked out in the entire middle of the episode, which is why I thought uh, fitting to do that in my description, because there's really not much to mention. It's just all the stuff that happens in a, in a relay race episode of an anime. Yeah, I am 
paging through uh on, okay i'm like i'm paging through fan subs to like do comparisons on um lengths but you know what fuck it i'm gonna go grab the physical volumes okay <laughs> this is this is live but, um it's looking like this episode is two chapters adapts two chapters and oh my god <laughs> about 50 pages yeah and like even in those chapters like the uh scenes in the shed are more substantial than the uh actual relay stuff that was um them stretching it is oh my god animating the relay versus just having like the characters talk around the relay which is like there is i'll get an exact page count of how long the relay actually lasts okay very but i need to go grab the volume do that so the <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad the only thing i liked in this episode was at the very beginning where uh nanami like forces you inside the shed back inside the shed and like the door closes like, like it's a horror film mm-hmm. like that i thought that was very funny Everything else, other, like, you know, the relay is boring, but, like, all of the other stuff was so incredibly awkward. It was like, can I kiss you? Oh, come on. It's like, oh, that's that's what I run out of my romance. And then all the discussion of, like, I want a reward for, for holding off until the end of the thing. It reminded me of, like, a Midwestern mom, like, like one of those, like, charts where it's like, does the laundry one free blowjob <laughs> like that level of like relationship where like i'm like this is so fucking lame i did the and relay then... race now i get four hours of xbox over the weekend on me <laughs> exactly and then like i was like oh hey like you it seems to be like really like when she is supposed to take the initiative and can't i'm like hey like i i made a note i guess i made a note in a future sense but like she's finally doing like the i don't think that this is help like for if i do this it's going to lead to things and like i don't think that's going to be healthy for us like it's going to ruin things it's not going to be good and then uh what's her uh nanami frenches her and then she's like all right never mind i guess i liked it and like i'm like okay well that's ruined she kind of throws all those feelings by like all those doubts by the wayside which is like Nice for her to finally have some agency, but also not nice in that she's like, yeah, this isn't going to be healthy and anything, but I guess I'll go for it. What's the worst that can happen? I don't know. It just didn't work for me at all. Like, nice to see some intimacy, uh, but it, it, it just didn't. The whole the greater context just didn't work for me. It's another one of those m- moments where, like, Nanami asking you to be, like, the dominant for once is, like, fine if you're, like, dating on mutual terms. I guess they are mutual, right? But, like, fine if you're, like, you know, dating in a way where you both, like, reciprocate feelings for each other. But in this weird, like, you're not allowed to love or hate me kind of thing, it's just, like, weird to ask those things of somebody. And, like, again, that's the point of their relationship but it goes uncommented on like both in this episode and like the rest of the anime so it's just like a thing that kind of hangs in the air it's like hey remember that time you like asked her to do something that's kind of uncomfortable for like the boundaries of the relationship y'all have and none of neither of y'all talked about it <laughs> i think the moment is like i'm stuff, like but... literally looking at the uh the part of the manga mm-hmm. where they're doing it and i feel like it comes across way better in there yeah <laughs> Also, I looked at it, the uh, the uh, relay race, including the uh, talk before between the basketball team and the student council was 12 full pages. The oh entire relay race <laughs> gets extended to like 18 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, like, and I think that's, like, I'm glad you brought that up, like the, um, the uncommented on. I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm not okay with like messy relationships or like kind of this like fucked up thing. 
But like the fact that no one is commenting on it, like no one, no character is like having the thought of like, like Yu's thought is not, hey, this is like a fucked up scenario, but like I, I just have this, uh, this attraction to Nanami that I can't get a- away from. That'd be one thing. That'd be nice and good. I like that. Um, but just like her basically saying like, no, we can't do this because it goes against what we agreed on without ever once thinking about the greater context of is what they agreed on like a good thing until kind of episode 12 for about five minutes and then about two minutes of episode 13 and then they go on a date to the aquarium. Hashtag lesbians. But like up until that point, everything is just kind of like, it's not, is this healthy? Is this good? Is this like, is this what I want? It's wait, this isn't what we agreed on. And then that's the end of the thought. And that's where I get upset or annoyed. We don't even really get even that much. Like you like pulls away and it's kind of like blushing and like glancing to the side and like Nanami's like, oh, I'm sorry. I did something you didn't like. And you just says like, well, it's not like I didn't like it. And then they start kissing again, <laughs> you know, like it's like, and like, that's a totally like normal scene again, if they're like in more of like a uh, kind of like mutual or like even, even footing relationship. Right. But because they've got this weird dynamic for him, like you, you just need that little bit of you going like, even if it's just in her inner monologue and then she gives in. Right. But just somebody saying like, wait a minute, this isn't like, you know, this is weird um, for the thing we have. But in a vacuum, like, you know, totally fine. It's cool that, like, they get to be intimate. It's not a show that's just like, you know, oh, they're only ever going to, like, you know, just have, like, a normal kiss and, like, hug and hold hands kind of stuff. I appreciate that they, like, they go for it just enough in terms of, like, the the spiciness, but, like, don't crank it up too hard where I'm like, well, now this is awkward to watch. I don't, I don't need this much, you know? Um, yeah, because that, that wouldn't sensual. fit the exactly sensual is like the really good word for it. I think I might have used that in somewhere in my notes for one of their other moments, or um, intimate or tender, or like the kind of words that you that come to mind in a lot of the uh, scenes like this that start to happen. Um, and again, it's like clearly like an indication that like you is like starting to catch feelings for her because she is like flustered by it in a way that's like, oh, she is like clearly really into it. Um, yeah, one of my notes is just, God, you rationalizing not liking Toko while her tongue is in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways, me just flipping through the manga. I'm like, oh, wow, this really works way better as manga. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, but I'll save it till we get to the end um, uh, with regards to the manga. Uh, I I will point out, um, you know, we've mentioned some of the the cliches, you know, like the classic I forgot my umbrella stuff, the relay race stuff. Um trapped in a sports show. I was gonna say I pointed that out in my notes as like the good cliche in these batch of episodes, which is <laughs> being alone together in a PE storage room. Good cliche, I'm here for. <laughs> um but um also love it's at the beginning of the episode where like um you know, as you said, Danny, like, Nanami, like, pushes you back into the storage shed and, like, closes the door, and that's, like, when the OP starts. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, she's gonna murder her. But when they cut back after the OP, um, she, like, you know, uh, basically does a, a cabaret don, uh, puts her, push her up against the wall, and, um, like, kind of, like, nuzzles her. <laughs> and it's very cute. You is like, what are you doing? Uh, and Nanami's like, I'm recharging. <laughs> like, that's good. I love that. Yeah, that shit is cute as hell i end up saying shit like that irl sometimes which i guess is like i talked about this last time of like my expectation is that the show was going to be like that 
that it was going to be a lot more just like, oh, it's cute. Two girls falling in love with each other <laughs> and not like, like I was not expecting uh, the messiness of their relationship. And so like when we get moments like that, I'm just kind of like, I wish this was a little bit more just like typical romance kind of stuff um, instead of the weird relationship dynamic dynamic that they've like concocted for this uh for this thing um because moments like that are genuinely like very cute and heartwarming and like i just wish it was a little bit more like that i will loop back around to that type of thing at the very end okay especially because like knowing that you cannot reciprocate like kind of makes my head spin where it's like oh i'm, I'm just recharging and again you can't be like like oh fi- like finally something like you know like she can't reciprocate in any way which i guess kind of lends to like the why i keep getting frustrated where it's like please god just take like say something cute in response uh but like maybe it's just like that that whole the whole dynamic doesn't work for me generally but um we also we've been kind of skirting around the the relay race uh and everything but the beginning and end of the episode we get a little bit more discussion with maki the 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 guy who who likes being a voyeur on other people's relationships and and you is like you know i think i'm just like you i can't fall in love with anyone either and maki like internally is just like no you're not like what um but one thing i didn't like i mean i didn't like i don't like maki all that much but like there and this this has happened before i think in another conversation with maki um they they use the phrase being lonely interchangeably almost to mean like being in love in a way that i don't really like in this series like anytime someone talks about like oh this person's lonely they mean they they don't have a relationship they don't they that's what they mean by they're lonely and it, it's really weird and off, off-putting uh anytime it comes up because no one's like saying i'm not lonely i have plenty of friends like they just kind of agreed to it, and I, I really don't like that uh, in this uh, series. It's funny you, you even brought that up, because like I said, basically checked out the middle <laughs> of this episode. It, if you want to know, I uh, uh, while watching this episode was when I tweeted out um, <laughs> uh, that I'm going to start judging anime by a single benchmark, which is would I rather be watching Tokusatsu instead, uh, because that was the <laughs> thought I had during the middle of this episode was like, is just thinking about tokusatsu i want to watch it's like man i could be watching common writer right now i could be watching the the fortnite common writer which is the the gimmick for the new common writer series um, oh my god it's, it's a battle royale to be clear not fortnite literally but what if a battle royale uh, but everybody was a common writer uh, oh it's cool it's exciting maybe I'll, I'll pick that for my next uh for the next pick it's the second time they've made a common writer for the gamers uh so shout out <laughs> There's also uh, the the race itself. There's a part uh, Psyche hands it off to you, and she she runs and like she finishes, and then they're all cheering on uh, Nanami, and you has this like moment where Nanami's like highlighted and light, and like it's like this big emotional moment, like she's finally realizing like oh I I like something like oh man I have feelings for her uh, or whatever, uh, but it's just like it's sparked from nothing because I don't give a shit about this relay race. Like, imagine if they were on the basketball team and, like, they just won the finals and, like, they're celebrating and that's when she realizes that she's in love or something. But instead, it's just, like, this relay race that doesn't fucking matter and it's 12 pages of a manga. Like, mm. very strange that it happened uh, in the middle of this episode. But it did. And then they lost. They lost the race, Lamau. Yeah, of course, because one of the teams competing was the fucking basketball team. Of course they can run better. 
<laughs> like why, why even have the competition um all right here's the track team let's see yeah. who wins um, here's the devil man let's see who wins obviously not a i mean knowing this was an incomplete adaptation not a hard shot to call but i do have in my notes for this episode like kind of like joking slash like posturing towards the ending it's like sucks that the anime is going to give us a whole field day episode but we probably won't actually get to see their play <laughs> it's like oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent right uh, uh, this is just funny i don't know y'all got anything else about high school uh <laughs> sports or um uh, not even sports i would be here for sports field day is just like eh, everybody gets to compete um there's no you know rivalry and blood sweat and tears like a like a kurokono basket uh, I wish there was like the the series had just like taken a break from the main characters and like there was like a whole side story on like a we gotta win this relay race. I guess they kind of tried it with the basketball team v Toko, but no one else seemed to be in on that. Right? Yeah. But I I want just cut to a complete like to the to the track and field team where they're like we gotta get our funding back. We gotta put on our final competition or whatever. Make love life just for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. The student council has to be shutting down an idol group. Like, oh. on, that's how it goes. See, this is how you make the show about a student council where I'd care about it, where it's it's Love Live from the perspective of the student council trying to shut down the idols like, in the club <laughs> next door. Uh, These fucking idols, they keep winning more money. God damn it. They <laughs> gotta bump up their dues again. Uh, all right. Well, I have, uh, I do have a voice actor for this episode. Um, Sarazawa, who is the captain of the basketball team, um, is voiced by uh, Suzushiro uh, Sayumi. Um, she is Karina in 86. She's Kei in Kaguya-sama Love is War. Uh, Akira in High School, or High School, High Score Girl. That's the main character of that series. Um, Uruka in Bokuben. Uh, Wise in, or Wisei, I think is how you would actually say that, in... Um, do you love her mom and her two uh, hit multi-target attacks? Uh, and then these are two funny back-to-back names. Um, she is character called Shovel in Dr. Stone, and she is a character called Lip in Gundam Build Divers, uh, who apparently seems to be a very minor character, but does wear like a little like wolf ear kind of beanie. Very cute. Okay, well, that brings us to episode 10, which is called Not Quite Me slash The Stars in Daytime slash Mirage. We get a rare three-chapter adaptation. Um, Kiyomi has finished writing the play for the student council. The play is about a girl with amnesia who is in turn visited by a family member, a friend, and her girlfriend while in the hospital. Uh, Each visitor presents a different idea of the person she was before her amnesia. With no sign of her memories returning, the girl must decide who she wants to be in the face of the three different personae presented to her. Um, You reflect on how much this obviously reflects what's going on in Nanami's life, uh, even if Kiyomi didn't intend it to. Uh, The student council meets with Kiyomi to start planning for her play. Kiyomi wrote each of the characters with the student council members in mind for the different parts, and Nanami is able to accurately guess them all, with Nanami, of course, being the main character, uh, which surprises a few of the council members, and Psyche playing the lover. Uh, Miss Hakazaki interrupts their meeting to tell Nanami that she got them permission to do a three-day training camp at the end of their summer break, 
to prepare for the play. You and Nanami study and eat donut holes at a place called Dr. Donuts. As they study, they talk about their preparations for the camp. You teases Nanami about needing to control herself around you during the camp, since they'll be sharing a room together, to which Nanami blushes, saying that she also feels like she needs to hold back on you in general, worrying that you will grow to dislike her if she doesn't. You worries about how she can never be uh, the one to make the first move around Nanami. Uh, it is now summer break, and Yu spends a whole lot of time doing nothing except playing her 3DS and helping at her parents' bookstore. Uh, since Nanami uh, hasn't asked her to do anything together, um, she decides to meet up with her friend from middle school, Natsuki. Uh, the two go shopping and eventually end up at the local lesbian cafe, um, uh, and they reminisce about their time together on the middle school softball team. Meanwhile, Nanami's dad is worried that she's working herself too hard to put on the play, which uh, upsets her. Uh, still upset, she finally calls Yu, which helps her calm down, while Yu on the other end is just excited to talk to Nanami again after not seeing her uh, the entire uh, summer break thus far. And that's the end of it. So, um, before we start, I, uh, going through the manga again, turns out the uh, Sayaka meeting her ex was actually after this episode in the manga. Oh, uh, interesting. I think that's the only thing out of order. But I think it's actually stronger after her episode. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, reinforce it. Yeah, surprised to see that that's a thing they changed, but that, that actually is, like, a, a very worthwhile change. Um, I guess I'll just read my first note for this episode, <laughs> which is, what the fuck is this play, <laughs> Mao? <laughs> like, it's so unbelievably on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So I had a few things. My first, my first first note was someone said a dream to the past, which I was like, like a memory. Like, is that what you like? I think you're saying that wrong, ma'am. But um, Toko had a POV apparently. Like they had a little internal monologue with her. It was infinitely more interesting than you. Uh, but yeah, I really hope <laughs> my first big note, like what you said. I really hope this is gonna be like the movie they make in a silent voice, where they like show it at the <laughs> the thing and it immediately gets dunked on. Cause yeah, is it just I was a little unclear. Is it just like a weird coincidence that the author classmate who doesn't know any of the relevant characters happened to make a play that perfectly modeled Nanami's life? It's because she asks everyone how they think of Nanami and she gets conflicting answers from everyone. She's like, all right, I'll make the play about that. That's so weak. That's so fucking weak. Yeah, she says that, I think, during like the relay uh, race, which I did gloss over um but yeah it's just like <laughs> um especially like later on as it as it develops further and further um like i guess it's fine i don't know it's mostly just like it's, it's funny it's very easy to laugh at like how like deeply on the nose it is and like it's it's how the episode starts it's like you know oh i finished my play and then oh what's it about and then we like get this like cutaway of like <laughs> uh, imagine a girl in her hospital room and she, just to choose between three different versions of herself it's like, oh, okay. Um, well, so it, it, it comes up again in episode 12, because that's when they're doing, like, the, the monologue, and it's like, they're like, oh, wow, she did such a good, like, such raw emotion. I'm like, wow, what a, what a random happenstance that the author can just make this co apparently completely true-to-life interpretation of this person, <laughs> who is, who, uh, to her mind, is the master chameleon of always showing a different face. But anyway, um, like, if we're already on the cliché train... What if, he, ooh, here, here's a new way of, of bringing up the play. What if it was uh, actually, the, like, the play is the same play from seven years ago, 
And midway through rehearsing it, Toko realizes that her sister viewed herself this way. And like, ooh, like, like, so they don't even have to rewrite the ending in episode 12. She just like, like when they're performing it, which it would have required them to perform it, uh, realizes midway through like, oh my God, this is really how my sister felt. Because that's, she kind of has some like realizations about that at some point uh, in the next few episodes of like, oh, she doesn't actually know her sister. It's like, oh, what if like either this is like her way of learning her sister or she wrote it herself and this is her way of like trying to express how she really is to people and like it's her grand reveal and and then she's planning on killing herself afterwards which we get a little bit in episode 12 or 13 uh but yeah as as the as is it's just like wait man that author is just like omniscient i guess about everything in, in nanami's life or can make a really good metaphor damn she, she can spin a good nanarimo helped her out well she she is the next uh shakespeare as tochima calls true. her one of these episodes uh it also just doesn't seem like the kind of play a high schooler would write i mean like not to like say it's like that's like unimaginable or whatever but the, it has very big like um like i don't know what like like counterculture vibe to it where it's like i like and you even kind of see it when they do rehearse the play of like like the set is very barren. There's only like two characters on stage at any one time. It's like people monologuing about the self and all this kind of stuff. It's like I was expecting, oh, we're gonna put on Romeo and Juliet was like my first thought when they were like, Yeah, the student council's gonna do a play. I was like, Oh yeah, that'll be fun. Like you will be like Juliet and Nanami will be Romeo. That'll be cool. But instead it's like, no, we've got this depressing play about a girl with amnesia. <laughs> what does it mean to die? <laughs> It's because they adapted an unfinished uh, Jean-Luc Godard uh, film. Yeah. Uh, it's also... Um, oh, God, where is it going with this? Um, I don't know. Has, has no one <laughs> has no one explained to these people the concept of, like, you, you, you put on different affects when you're around different people, right? Like, no one is the same person or, like, putting on the same affect in every single social situation around every single person. Like, of course, three different people are going to have different preconceptions of, like, uh, a person. And that's not to, like, rag on this fake play that they've made up. It's mostly to rag on, like, a lot of the conflict that starts to develop in the last couple episodes of, like, has Nanami ever considered that, like, like, yeah, of course, like, people had different experiences with her sister. She was, like, a fully-fledged, like, human being living, like, a, like, like, complicated life like we all do. <laughs> like, of course, like, she had some, like, unsavory moments or whatever. Um, which like it's fine like she's got to learn that lesson right but like the idea of like oh i just don't know who i'm gonna be it's like it's it's like it tips the scale for me from being like a bit too over the top and melodramatic uh where i find it hard to relate to um and the, the play is kind of emblematic of that yeah in episode 13 someone at one point points out like oh people wear different masks like or it's uh sayaka saying it to to nanami she's like because she, Nanami's like, I didn't know my sister, I only knew, like, a version of her. And Sayaka is basically just like, that's part of her. Like, you didn't see, like, oh, I just saw, like, this fake mask. Like, no, you saw that part of her, because everyone wears different masks throughout their day. It's just who we are. But yeah, no, I was screaming laughing when, uh, in the next episode, when, uh, Actor Boy was like, Oh yeah, your sister. Um, she was like, she never fucking did any work. She took all the credit. 
but for some reason we liked her, which had big uh, somehow Palpatine return vibes. But like, uh-huh. the, like for some reason we just liked her, and and what's her uh, Nanami is just like wow that never crossed my mind. Me the the master of manipulation, the master like uh, oh I put on all these masks so people can't see the real me. Didn't once think for a second like oh maybe the perfect ideal that I saw in my sister wasn't actually real. Like, not once did she have that kind of self-reflection. I get, like, she's going through her trauma and processing it, but it's just so funny. Like, just the fact that it's like, oh, yeah, like... (laughs) And this is also the first time that I guess she asked someone, hey, what's my sister like? I guess maybe her parents would, like, (laughs) give, like, a, oh, your sister was so nice. But not once did she ask anyone who knew her, hey, what was my sister like? And now she's just now realizing, like, Oh damn! My sister did the exact same thing I did because spoiler alert: everyone does that. Everyone has masks they wear. That's that's persona. That's like everything. <laughs> but not Nanami. She's the one above all. She's the one who who's tricking everyone, and that's what made me really hate her. It was I was like, it, it, I mean, it felt very like, and I I don't want to be dismissive or anything like that, and I'm sorry, but it felt like that kind of like chunibyo like teenage mindset of like i'm this like i'm a special the special one kind of thing like nanami's a chunibyo uh but her secret power is being able to hide herself from everyone it's like no that's just human interaction you're just putting on a weird thing about it yeah i don't know like it's you know it's very teenagery stuff and that's fine i think it kind of falls back on the big problem with this anime is that it's like too slow so we sit with that knowledge for just too long that by the time it finally breaks and we do get that scene of like psyche being like well you do know like both of those were like real parts of your sister like you know like she was a multifaceted human being like oh i never thought of it that way like we sit with it for so long that when we get there it's like yeah no shit (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> so uh another one of those things i just have to assume plays better in the manga because i don't think it's like it's not like a rotten conceit or anything like that it's just like and i think like you know they come out of the gate swinging with this uh episode of like here's the play and it's literally like a recreation of the drama in the show i'm like haha that's funny and on the nose but like by the time it like develops and it like takes forever to move past that initial like isn't it strange how this is is literally what's going on with nanami um, that it's just like, okay, yeah, I got it. Can can we develop <laughs> or something? Um, yeah. I can hide, like, I, I do want to make it clear, I guess. I mostly find the second half of the show kind of unintentionally funny because of, like, these weird <laughs> adaptation choices. It's such a strange show in terms of, like, pacing and development and progression. It's like someone's holding the writer back from, like, <laughs> letting these characters, like, advance their, their stories and, like, develop the themes. Uh, like a wrestler like tried to get into the ring and fight <laughs> they won't let him i'm just so curious what this adaptation would look like if it was uh made when the manga was you know complete yeah i i, I guess I'll, I'll figure out how i feel after i read the manga but i do i do think they should they should make a second season of this and like finish the adaptation i think like if if the thing is done now you can kind of like forgive some of the problems with these first 13 episodes if they just finish the show and the back half is like really strong and knows what to cut and what to keep and it gets you to that ending that it's clearly building towards yeah i feel like <laughs> i feel like the end is has like a lot more interesting thematic depth to it and a lot more 
interesting stuff from all the characters. I feel like instead of doing two seasons, they should have just made two movies. Sure. Like, that would have, like, make the first half, you can cut out all the relay shit, you can cut out a lot of stuff, the election stuff, that can go, cut out a lot of stuff, tighten it up, and then the second half where all, like, because by now, like, the end of this uh, uh, series is, like, the anime, all the cards are kind of on the table, and we're finally starting to get hints towards, like, resolving situations it's just the 13th episode doesn't do that um but if they had like done like a lead-in where it's like okay i finally found the title to the to the play and then the second movie would be like the play and then the fallout from that yeah that would work yeah um but but yeah no um and i I don't want to be too negative the the conversation at the end of this episode the uh, phone call i actually really liked i was like wow it's like a nice like semi-normal conversation of it's like hey one person's stressed out and he just needs to talk to someone and the other person who's kind of been going back and forth on like oh i don't want to like be annoying and i don't i don't want to like reach out get like getting really excited when someone reaches out to them like hey that's that's compelling that's a nice they have a nice little conversation there's no like for sexual advances or anything like that it's just kind of like hey we're just talking because i wanted to hear your voice mm-hmm. um let down a little bit by the last thing of the of the episode oh you mean the the csi scene <laughs> with the crime show music and everything where she's like i'll i'll become my sister <laughs> they're like she has like the dream right where um yeah because like the music that plays during that i'm like i'm i'm watching like like criminal minds right now <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so that's what this, and the whole, like, I'm going to become my sister thing is often very lame. I, I, it doesn't work Mm -hmm. for me. It's just so kind of over the top. Um, but it it worked a little better in something like Penguin Drum, uh, because for one, the sister who died apparently was like literally a magical girl, the most charismatic person on earth, like, you know, sunshine and lollipops, whatever, Momoko, Hanako, whatever her name was apparently was like literal christ on earth and like good for her and then her parents were like super abusive after she died to um ringo so like it made sense for ringo to be like i'm gonna become my sister because it was like her way of trying to like get her parents back together try to stop the abuse coming from her parents and then again her her sister was literally christ so like whatever and then something like persona 5 did it but like in that case, spoiler for Persona 5, spoiler, spoiler, the person who, like, is deciding to become, like, basically become her sister, um, A, was partially, or feels partially responsible for her death, and then is also, like, being, like, mind-manipulated, not really important how, but whatever. Here, it's just, like, as far as I could tell, uh, Nanami was not involved in her sister's death, it was just, like, an accident unrelated to her and like i get like it happened at like a pivotal age but it seemed like her her parents were also very supportive of her so very it just doesn't read well for me that she's like i'm gonna make my entire existence about fulfilling my sister's dream which apparently she might have had though maybe not I, i guess i didn't really know um of doing this school play after which I may or may not have purpose for my life and may or may not kill myself. I don't know yet. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out later, kind of thing. Very strange we, uh, how that reads in this, uh, at the end of this episode specifically, because yeah. it's very much on the forefront at the end. Yeah, I think the, the most we get in terms of like motivation for, for why she wants to be her sister, at least in the anime, is like the, 
the flashback of like the funeral and like it's like her grandma or somebody who's like oh your sister was so perfect you should try to be like her too and then she's like okay there's the rest of my life right there thanks granny (laughs) say Um, no more i'm here it's funny i like i I did not like that stuff in penguin drum Uh, i think in my notes i also brought up ringo and thought like well at least it's not that um but i do think like it's more called for in there because like everything's so much more heightened in penguin drum like, you can kind of yeah. believe that that character is, like, obsessed with becoming, like, their sister. Where this is just, like, especially, like, the tone jump that happens at the end where I'm, like, it's, you know, it's playing, like, the the, the, the tense, dramatic, <laughs> procedural crime show music. And we get the se- sepia tone dream sequence of her remembering the day her sister left the house before getting in the accident. Uh, and then she wakes up and it's like, yes, I will become my sister. It's, like, such a drastic tone change. Um, didn't really work for me uh, yeah training camp arc here we come yeah i was very confused by what they mean when they said training camp i was like like sports or are we, are we not doing the play still but i guess they mean like an acting camp or whatever but it was very thrown off for a second it's training camp what but training camp arc yeah i got a couple of small things to shout out uh one i i do just love the name of the donut place you and Nanami are eating at dr donuts <laughs> They call me Dr. Donuts. Way better name than the fake McDonald's. Yes, way better name than the fake McDonald's, for sure. Well, do you want to get your mind blown? Please. Uh, In in Japan, there is Mr. Donut. Oh. Yeah, that's the plant on it. Yeah, so that's why it's Dr. Donut. Yeah, it's not... it is a nice, like, ran- it's just a nice name by itself. But yes, yes no, it is, there is a Mr. Donut in, uh, in Japan. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, but I still just find, like, Dr. Donuts is just a delightful, you know, little thing. Uh, you know, like, the, like, uh, uh, acronism or whatever of, like, you know, you know, wake up, time to make the donuts kind of thing. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm Dr. Donuts, and I'm here to make the fucking donuts. Uh, <laughs> uh also got a <laughs> shout out heart transplant yeah <laughs> um he's he's getting the 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 cherry uh donut filling like mixed up <laughs> with, uh, with blood packs um got a shout out you playing her her 3ds um someone tell her how easy it is to hack that thing um. <laughs> <laughs> she's a yuri protagonist she knows yeah I mean, I'm a lesbian, and I have two hacked 3DSs. I don't know what that says about statistics, <laughs> but there it is. Um, it means you count for two lesbians on, like, census data, um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, though she is playing, like, some sort of, like, uh, kind of, like, dress-up sim sort of character type, like, like uh, Tamadachi kind of game, uh, which is lame. I was hoping she'd be playing, like, Dragon Quest or something. Um, but anyway, uh, other thing to shout out, uh, once again, the show is baiting me with, why can't this just be about lesbians playing insert sport here? We get like you and uh, her middle school friend Natsuki like reminiscing about their time in the softball team. I was like, why are we not just doing literally all of this, but with softball, like replace the play with the big game, the field day stuff would probably work better if they're like a sports team preparing for something like that. Shame about that one time they tried to make a Yuri uh, softball anime. <laughs> Did they do that? Uh, What's the name of that show? Uh, I watched the first episode and got mad about the fact that it didn't take baseball seriously enough. Uh, Tamayomi, yeah. it was, uh, from what I know, an absolute disaster behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, good. And it's very obvious from the animation. Yeah. <laughs> 
was looking forward to that and then had my uh my heart crushed uh with the first episode <laughs> it was very bad um uh, i think i had one other thing to shout out oh well i guess the way i put it in my notes thinking about the softball team was oh we literally could have had a cross game with lesbians which um i would love that someone please write cross game with lesbians i love cross game the only thing it's missing is the queers um uh and then also a little funny moment um you is it's like summer break so you is like you know again she's like worried about being the one to make the first move with nanami um so she like can't bring herself to text her so she's just waiting for nanami to like text or call her instead and she gets like a text and she's like clearly like oh my god it's nanami and she checks and it's like an automatic text reminder that like an app updated on her phone um i thought that was very cute and funny um mm. and then yeah you, you said to Danny, but the scene before the credits so not the last scene but the last scene before the the ed um of them talking on the phone it's really cute because it's just like this little small little tender moment and i like that nanami is clearly like i just need to vent to her like her talking to her calms me down that doesn't matter what we talk about and you being like i just want to hear her voice and i like that because nanami is all convinced like oh you doesn't actually love me you know she's just putting up with me or whatever she's like thinking to herself like oh she doesn't care what i'm saying like she's just gonna gonna listen or whatever um uh but it's clearly like no she like whether she cares or not she cares about like listening to you because she's clearly like in love with you like it it works on uh, a couple different levels um so that was a good scene all right all right let's get back to it episode 11 is called balancing a triangle slash lighting a fuse um I don't feel like I particularly care for, like, you know, in a mostly neutral way, don't care for many of these episode names, but I think shout it out, we talked about it. I love that the, like, half of the episode of, of episode seven that's dedicated to, like, Sayaka's backstory is called A Pile of Secrets. Uh, we joked about um, the Castlevania line, <laughs> what, what is a lesbian, A Pile of Secrets, um, which is too, it's just too good. Um, but anyway, episode 11. Uh, it's time for the student council's training camp for their play. They mostly just spend the first day reading their lines and not much else. Uh, at the end of the day, Kuyomi heads home since she's decided to just commute while everyone else stays and makes curry together and prepares to stay the night at the school. Uh, Psyche, you, and Nanami share a room together, but also they have to share a bath together. Uh, Psyche is extremely nervous about this uh, because of Nanami, while Nanami is nervous because of you, you is also nervous, uh, but is able to no-sell her embarrassment and gets undressed around the other two like it's nothing. Um, as the girls settle down for bed, they each think about how glad they are that all three of them are there. Otherwise, they would be tempted to try something on each other. You with Nanami, Nanami with you, and Psyche with Nanami. Uh, on the second day of the training camp, Mrs. Hakazaki introduces her friend from her community theater group, which apparently she's a part of, um, <laughs> Ichigaya Tomoyaki. Uh, he helps them work through their lines and works on things like projection and enunciation. As they're working, Nanami realizes that Ichigaya knew her sister when they were both in the student council together seven years ago. As Ichigaya goes to leave for the day, Nanami sees him off and makes an excuse to ask him uh, about her sister. He paints a picture of her sister that's very different from the perfect older sister she knew. Apparently, she put a lot of work off onto the other student council members, even going as far as to making the rest of the council uh, do her summer homework for her. Um, as he says goodbye to her, Ichigaya comments that he thinks Nanami and her sister are nothing alike. This puts Nanami in a bad mood as the rest of the council celebrate the end of the camp with fireworks. 
both you and Psyche recognize that something's bothering Nanami, but it's Psyche that um, turns to confront her about it, uh, correctly assuming that she talked to Ichigaya about her sister. Psyche admits to knowing uh, about what Nanami's sister was really like during her time in the student council, but kept it to herself because she didn't want Nanami to worry. She apologizes, uh, but Nanami's okay with it because she trusts her and thanks her for worrying about her. Um, little thread there, I guess I like that um, doesn't go anywhere. I assume it has to maybe kind of be explored. Is that like Nanami's kind of taking advantage of Psyche in the same way that um, uh, she's taking advantage of you? It's just different needs, right? Like you is fulfilling like, you know, very ro- specific, like romantic and emotional need, whereas Psyche is like, there to like you know help her with her problems like with her sister and you know the stuff with the student council and things like that which again just my girl psyche getting done so so bad she (laughs) deserves better um uh, i i I didn't even think about that kind of yeah that's absolutely true it 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 makes me really hate natami like she's such a horrible person actually like she's so selfish and takes from everyone while like basically like emotionally stonewalling them from like moving on their feelings like telling them like no this is what i need and you don't get what you want because this is what i need and you said we agreed on this and therefore but also i'm gonna kiss you now even though that's not what we agreed on but i'm changing the rules pray that i don't alter the deal further like (laughs) it's yeah and there are some other things in this episode i didn't like with uh the whole like what we're getting in the bath together but i'm a lesbian and i guess it's more like couching in like oh but it's the girl i like but even then like i don't know don't be weird about it like just just take the bath Um, to to be fair it is explicitly like like at least for psyche it's in the psyche's like eternal monologue she's like well i've i've been in shared bath before like it was it was no problem but because nanami's here i'm like gonna die um like i like that it is very like uh first crush kind of thing of like yeah you would be like extremely nervous in that situation the thing that to me that kind of like makes the whole thing work is that you've got the contrast of like psyche kind of being the most nervous then nanami being a little bit less nervous like she's showing it a little bit less and then you is like kind of it like i guess fitting to her character right like no selling the fact that she's nervous like yes she's nervous but she's like stone-faced like i'm naked i'm in the bath let's go Um, while in her head being like yeah this is extremely uncomfortable uh like uh seeing nanami naked um i think it does go a little bit too far like that scene should have like ended with like um you know, you, like, basically throwing her clothes off and being like, yeah, let's get in the bath, but then we get a little bit more, like, actually in the bath and, like, Nanami, like, catching glances at you, and that's when it goes a little bit too far for me. But for the most part, I thought it was, yeah. like, charming and funny. I'll say this. My my biggest thing was, um, my, my biggest change that I would make to this episode is instead of that scene where they're laying on the floor next to each other and it's all kind of like, oh, I, like, like psyche's like oh i wish i could reach out to her and then nanami's like i wish i could reach out to you and and you's like man i'm glad no one's touching me i'm glad all of us are here or whatever um i wish that psyche's i wish i could reach out to you was not just like this like emotional like romantic thing i kind of wish that the the whole thing where she's like that that at the end of the episode where she's like talking about like i wish i could help you with like 
come to terms with your sister and all that other stuff. Like, I wish I could, like, I'm sorry for, like, knowing about your sister but not saying it and all that other stuff. I feel like that could have been a good way of couching the I wish I could reach out to you as, like, a literal, like, I wish I could reach out to you and tell you that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. That, like, you don't, that you're good enough, that you don't have to be your sister and all this other stuff. But instead, it's it's more couched just kind of in the straight, like, like, like romantic first crush kind of, like, oh, she's so close, I could reach out to her and touch her. Like, no, I kind of wish that, like, the it was couched more in the greater emotional scheme of the episode of revelations about uh, uh, Nanami's sister. Well, and maybe, like, you know, maybe that is what's going through Psyche's mind in that moment, but we, crucially, like, the audience get the scene where she admits she knew about, like, her, what her sister was really like in the student council after that scene. That's one of those things that, even if we didn't know the specifics, if we knew that, like, Psyche knew a little bit more about her sister than she let on, then that would maybe kind of color some of those interactions a bit uh, differently. Because uh, you do get the sense that, like, Psyche is, like, a bit more than you, like, um, attuned to, like, Psyche's, like, emotional well or not Psyche, Nanami's emotional well-being and, like, wants to be the person that can, like, kind of hold her together. Um, which you get, like, more in the the next two episodes, but um, that's definitely, like, an aspect to her character that they could have kind of fleshed out a little bit earlier. Well, and that's, that's what's so funny or, like, interesting to me is that you, especially earlier on, um, is like, oh, like, I'm gonna be the one to be there for you, and, like, I'll help you keep on keeping on, like, I'll basically be your, your stuffed animal kind of thing without like, becoming emotionally engaged to you. And I had made allusion to this last episode where you doesn't know anything about Nanami, which is kind of what Nanami wants out of her. Um, but, like, Sayaka is really the one that's, like, able to be there for her because she, like, understands her. And it's it's weird that no one at any point goes, like, by the way, like, Nanami treat or Sayaka treats you this way and, like, isn't like isn't treating she does not treat nanami as a perfect person or as this pitiful thing she treats her as like an equal as like a friend and that's kind of what nanami's whole thing is she's like i don't want anyone to fall in love with the perfect me i don't want anyone to fall in love with like the pitiful me it's this unknown secret thing third thing that uh i actually fall in love with the nurse or whatever but like that's what sayaka already is like acquainted to and like knows like she knows use or nanami's whole deal more or less so it's just weird that like no one's brought up that fact like oh by the way nanami or psyche is actually way more in tune with you than you than you know nanami but whatever um well we got to talk about a dude who has like no fucking tact at all <laughs> like she asked the, this guy oh, about her her dead sister who is dead by the way and he's like oh yeah she was like awful she put all this work off to us we had to do her summer homework sometime but i guess we kind of liked it offering no reason as to why because it's not like oh we liked her as a person like he he specifically is like yeah we did her homework and it was kind of fun like why <laughs> i would simply not <laughs> i would if she was like goading you into doing homework because she's like the student council president and you have to listen to what she says i would have fucking talked to a teacher about it i would have been like hey this is not okay i'm not doing someone's homework for them just because they're the student council president like fuck off with that shit but anyway he, he just has like no tax he's just like oh yeah sorry about your dead sister guess she was a big bitch like dude <laughs> <laughs> um, well you're nothing like her 
Like, yeah, don't, yeah, okay. don't worry. You're nothing like her. You're you're cool. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. But yeah, no, it, it's it is because it's not like oh, she like you know she was so busy with doing student council stuff that she fell behind on her classes. But but then she asked us to help her tutor, like tutor her, and like it was a pain. But like we all chipped in. We helped her get back up to speed, and it was like a bonding experience for all of us. It's like no, from what he said. She did nothing yeah. and took all of the credit. Yeah. She gave them all of the student council work. She gave her, them all of her homework. She essentially was a mooch and then took all the credit to become, like, the golden child and then died. Like, that's so... And then, ah, but we liked her. It's like, why? She, like, that's not a real person. Like, that's not a, a good response to a person. Like, is she also fucking Momoka level of charismatic did she have a future diary like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it just seems harsh for what little we know about that character um and i feel like uh, like other than nanami's drive to like become her sister we don't get too much of her like reflecting like um we get a little bit and when they're walking around in the umbrella scene of like her talking about her childhood like oh me my sister used to take me around this place kind of kind of stuff but there's not a lot of like you know emotional uh resonance given to like what life was like for nanami with her sister um and there's not a like you know like her sister's dead like there's not a lot of scenes of her kind of reflecting on that and being like damn she's gone kind of stuff and i get like it's been 7 years like you know she's had the chance to process although like clearly she hasn't cuz that's her whole deal <laughs> since she hasn't like <laughs> fully processed it um so when we do, when we don't even have that it come it feels really harsh for this one character to be like oh yeah your sister was horrible like it feels like it needed to be a little bit lighter like you're saying of like maybe i don't know like, oh, yeah, like she meant really well, but she always needed help getting her stuff done. She really wasn't cut out to be the student council, but she was a nice person. So we were happy to support her. Like you can break the facade of her being like this perfect student uh, without being like, yeah, she did nothing. She she made everybody do all her work for her. She like got this reputation by like doing none of the work. Um, it just it, it's kind of funny how like uncalled for it, it is. <laughs> did we? Do we even get like a scene of? I, I, we might have. I don't remember. Like the the tradition, like the very typical scene of like at the funeral, like people whispering, and the 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 younger sis, sibling hearing, like the the people saying like, "Oh, I can't believe she's dead." Hopefully, the younger one is going to be just as perfect as the older yeah. one, or something like that. We did. Yeah, it's, that's the scene I was talking about. Where okay. her, her grandmother like literally addresses her. She's not even like overhearing her grandma. Her grandma's like, "Oh, your sister was so perfect. You should turn out to be just like her." Um, okay. So we do get that that's cliche at least. Okay, so yeah, at least at least this is not something that she just made up by herself. Uh, but yeah, apparently nobody thought to say, and nobody noticed, and like no teachers noticed that. Yeah, this person. Like, the, to stress, like, the level of, like, push-offing work that they mentioned, it's the equivalent of, like, she went to class and then went straight home. Like, that's the amount of little work that she did. Yeah. Like, didn't do homework, didn't do anything, and just, like, pushed the work on everyone else, not because she had so much other stuff going on that she had too much on her plate. She just didn't want to. <laughs> it's just so funny. And it's not even like, oh, I didn't do my summer homework. I'm going to copy off of you. The, he talks about how like, oh, yeah, we we all took turns doing parts of her homework and we had to work to like copy her handwriting. So it all matched. It's like, dude, yeah. I would simply not. <laughs> no, thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, make mistakes where it looked like she like that she yeah. would normally make yeah. as well, and like it's like what the fuck? It's like it's like is this Death Note? <laughs> are we doing like El Kira shit? <laughs> like what what is going on? Why are you trying to do this? I wouldn't make a mistake here, but Mia would. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then we get a really, uh, or the, the way I put it on my notes, a scene that demonstrates how dull fireworks are <laughs> uh, at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. Just like, wow, this is like fucking nothing. <laughs> um, just oh. sitting around looking at sparks. Cool. <laughs> hey, at least they aren't making like noise pollution scaring the That's shit true. out of me. It's not the, uh, the PTSD uh, triggering kind of fireworks. It's the. Uh, I'd rather just go inside and watch TV kind of fireworks. <laughs> it's 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 perfect for making an excuse for everyone but Sayaka and uh, Nanami yeah. to, to do something else. They yeah. just need her out of the picture so that they can sit together. Yeah, I'm glad we talked all about the wearing different masks thing, because yeah, most of my notes from this episode are me just screaming like, wait a minute, this is the first time it occurred to Nanami that her sister was not who she thinks she was? Like, really? And I just love that in the subsequent episodes, it it's not like she then goes like, you know what, I was wrong, but now I'm gonna, like, I'm still gonna do this play because we're all in on it together and, like, whatever. She still just kind of, like, holds on to, like, the I'm gonna become my sister thing. It's really weird. Well, now it becomes, like, I'm gonna see this play through to the end, but I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself once the play is over, kind of thing. Um, like, I guess it, what I guess what it triggers for her is it makes her think about, like, oh, I've been spending all this time trying to, like, recreate what my sister really wanted to do, apparently, which is this play, but I haven't even considered, like, what to do after that. Um, and I guess the idea of, like, her sister not being this perfect person kind of shatters the idea of, like, who she's gonna be post play and gets her to start thinking about that more which i dig it's just a development that like needed to happen like 50 minutes of of anime sooner than it than it does um well and again in in the episode that it happens the the framing of it is i don't know who i'm going to be after the play and she starts walking towards the edge of the train platform as if she's going to jump and it's like oh that's okay we're just going there now um that's okay (laughs) all right well i feel like you should move on to the next episode. I do have a voice actor for this this rude little little man, uh, Ichigaya Tomoyuki. <laughs> uh, he is voiced by uh, Okitsu uh, Kazuyuki, who most notably is Jonathan Joestar in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, the recent TV series, oh not any of the old OVA stuff. Um, he is uh, Hattori in the recent Fruits Basket remake. He is Serpico in Berserk 2016. Uh, he is Fat Gum in My Hero Academia. He's the Japanese voice actor for Lucio in Overwatch. Um, speaking of Orange, he is Hagita in Orange. Uh, he is uh, Peter Mork in Overlord. He is the Japanese voice actor for Spider-Man in the recent PS4 Spider-Man game. Um, which I did not realize until looking at voice actor stuff for this, that the English voice for Spider-Man is Yuri Lowenthal, who is uh, fucking Sasuke in Naruto. Um, oh. <laughs> which is funny to me. Uh, he is Masa in the Way of the House Husband anime. He is Vincent Phantom Hive in Black Butler. Uh, he is Garma in Mobile Suit Gundam-san, which is a like sketch comedy Gundam show. It's the only time he's voiced Garma. 
Uh, he is uh, Sakai Minato in Gundam Build Fighters Try, and he is Galome Gorga in Gundam Unicorn, which is so minor of a character that if you search his name on like Google Images, you get multiple different characters, and none of them, I'm pretty sure, are the actual <laughs> Galome Gorga. <laughs> Literally just like a very minor character that happens to get a name. <laughs> Otherwise, he would just be like Zeon or like ex-Zeon Grunt number five or whatever. <laughs> but he's there. Glup Shido. Yeah, gl- Glome Gorga, the Glup Shido of, uh, of Gundam Unicorn. All right. Um, episode 12 is called Suddenly I Can't Breathe. And that's just it. Only one uh, chapter ad- adapted for this episode, I guess. Um, it's the last five day. Pages. What's that? <laughs> it's five pages were adapted <laughs> yeah. for this uh, episode or something. Um, so it's the last day of the student council's training camp. Ichigaya continues to help them rehearse their lines. Nanami is suddenly uh, able to really get into her character after her conversation with Ichigaya. Um, uh, has her thinking about herself and who she wants to be now that her now that she knows her sister wasn't perfect. Yu tries to get Psyche to tell her what's bothering Nanami so much, but Psyche keeps her lips sealed. The rest of the camp goes pretty smoothly. Kiyomi's not sure about the current ending to the play, uh, which has the protagonist losing or choosing her lover's version of herself as the version she plans to become. You ask Kiyomi if she's going to change it, but Kiyomi's not sure what she would change it to. Um, as everybody gets ready to leave the school, you ask Nanami if she'll walk home with her. As the two are about to part ways, you invites Nanami over to her house. Nanami is hesitant as she's still worried that you will grow to hate her if they spend too much time together, but you insists uh, that um, she intends to keep her promise of staying by Nanami's side and not growing to love or hate her. Uh, alone in Yu's room, the two of them get uh, intimate with each other. As they lay together on Yu's bed, Nanami opens up to Yu about her sister and how she wasn't as perfect as she thought she was. Uh, she worries about how she would, um, or worries about who she would become instead if she can't become her sister. Yu asks if she really has to become somebody and just be herself instead. Nanami tells her that she hates herself and that she couldn't love uh, someone that loves something they hate, referring to herself. Uh, as Gyu sees Nanami off, she thinks about how hypocritical Nanami is for asking her not to fall in love, uh, thinking that Nanami uh, can't say she hates what Yu loves, which is Nanami. Um, after Nanami is out of earshot, Yu yells out, calling her uh, an idiot. Later that night, um, Yu thinks of an idea for how to change the ending of the play. Instead of choosing to become any of the three versions of herself presented to her uh, by the other characters, the protagonist will instead choose to be the person she was in the present moment of the play. Uh, Yu rushes off to visit Koyomi to tell her about her idea, which Koyomi loves but hates that she wasn't the one to come up with. The episode ends with Yu looking at the star projector Nanami gave her and thinking to herself how she wants to change Nanami. Um, I think the way I put it in my notes is like finally like the development I've been waiting to happen happens in the end of this episode and then it s- sits with you that what the fuck this is the second to last episode <laughs> like they're not gonna have enough time to like wrap this up all neatly um, but I do like that Nanami is finally like yeah what the fuck like it's extremely fucking hypocritical for Nanami to like put me in the situation where I've fallen in love with her but she refuses to let me kind of thing um it's good. I, I, it's, it's good and it's a shame that it's like in the confines of like this very strange adaptation because like there's a version of this where it, it works extremely well if it's like built up to uh, 
probably. Yeah, and well, honestly, they could have saved it by just having the next episode just be the play. Like, don't show anything out. Like, say, like, hey, I have a new ending, and then the next episode is just the play happening. And then, like, you, the yeah. audience, find out what the whole revelation and everything is with the characters and, like, all this other stuff. But instead, they just go to the aquarium. But, um, yeah, no, I... All all the rehearsal stuff is so fucking boring. I don't care about any of it. It's it's just the election shit with for again. Um and then I was I was so angry with the um like from the moment she said, if I go to your room now, I'll take it I may take advantage of you. Just like, okay, you, but whatever, we're gonna keep going. And she like she, uh, so Nanami's sitting on Yu's bed. She beckons Yu over to sit on the bed next to her. She puts her head down on, on Yu's lap. And Yu is just blank-faced the entire time. And she's like, um, well, the popsicles are gonna melt, so do you want orange or grape? And she, like, uh, what's her face? Nanami's like, oh, feed, like, feed them to me or whatever. And Yu's just like, no, feed yourself. And then she starts eating it, and then they kiss. And finally... You goes, oh, your lips are cold, teehee. It's like, finally, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you finally are doing something flirty in response. All Everything up to that point, she does nothing. And then uh, there's the whole conversation, and she's like, oh, you don't fall in love with me. And I'm like, oh my god, just make up your mind. This is so frustrating at this point. I don't care anymore. Just pick. Like, part, partially because this is the end of, I mean, I get there's the whole remaining of the series. But I'm just like, please, God, stop doing this. Oh, you can't fall in love with me. Fall in love with me. Fall, don't fall in love with me. And the whole time, you is just like a teddy bear. She's just sitting there. She has like three lines of dialogue in the entire time they're in the room together. She's just sitting there like a fucking bear, like a wall that Nanami's laying against. Oh, I was so frustrated. <laughs> and then finally she yells at her, like, or yells after her. And I was like, fucking finally! She's taken agency. She's, like, doing something that, like, a real person might do of, like, realizing, like, hey, this is a bad thing. Let me do something that might help my my lover, my friend, my person, whatever. Like, we're going to figure this out together. We're going to get her to a better, better mental state, probably by doing, like, this big dramatic thing, which isn't really how mental health works, but whatever. But, like, we're going to get through it. And then they just give up on that, and, and it's the end of the series. <laughs> <laughs> like, all this, all this stuff works for me. It's just a little bit of, like, too little, too late. Like, it's not just that, like, the next episode is the last episode. It's, like, between episode six, which is, like, the last big, like, moment between the two of them, not much, like, happened in the development of their relationship. And instead, we got a lot of, like, stuff that doesn't matter, like the training camp and the uh, relay race um and all that stuff and it's like i you just desperately need to have the scene happen sooner because i'm fine with how everything plays out i'm fine with you like continuing to stonewall her and then when they finally do get intimate like starts to open up a bit and then is really upset to hear um you know nanami's whole thing about like well i hate myself and it'd be pretty fucked up for someone to love someone who hates the thing they love or whatever however she phrases it um uh, and her like like you finally having enough of being like no I do like love you and this is extremely fucked up what you're asking me, um, but because we just had like you know 
what six episodes <laughs> or five episodes prior to this of like very little bits of development happening with their relationship it's just like way too late for the payoff to work um and again i just have to assume this works so much better in the manga because you can read a manga way faster than you could watch an anime um it's just it's a shame how <laughs> the show turned out yeah i'm with austin where i'm like generally positive on what's going on but i i just think the manga does it better because of the pacing the I would go so far as to say that I and you'd have to change some things, but this scene, the the bedroom scene, could probably be shifted all the way to right before the river scene in episode six, and then that's when after like that whole scene, that's when Nanami's like, yeah, this is fucked, or sorry, Yu's like, this is fucked up, uh, senpai, you're being an idiot. I'm gonna like you'd have to change a bunch of stuff around. But, like, that kind of emotional line would make more sense if this was shifted way earlier in the season. To me, this makes sense as, like, the halfway point of the show, right? Like, this is, like, you turning a corner on how she feels about Nanami. Like, you have the scene at the river before this, but you have that super early on. Like, you just get to the chase about, like, this is the stakes of their relationship starting out that the middle of the, sh- the series is, okay, now you is like, fuck it, I'm in love with her, and it's fucked up that she's asking me not to be. And then the rest of the show is, like, planning the play and, you know, presumably whatever happens in the last, like, couple volumes of the manga. Um, totally agree. Yeah, no, that's, I guess that's a better, or more prescient thing to say, is, uh, in addition to move, the way I would move this further back is by cutting out the, pre- the last five episodes or so. Yeah. Um, take it, keeping some things but like removing the fat and part of that is if this was made before they actually had an ending and i'm thinking of like an actual like good adaptation where it tells the whole story but like yes this should be the midway point which would be like episode six or so and then like seven eight nine might be the play and then like 10 11 12 is is like the finale or or, you know whatever else is left in the manga Mm -hmm. but like just cut out all the fat because it doesn't need to be there it's so bad yeah it focuses way too much on stuff that is not just directly you and Nanami's relationship, and it makes all the stuff that does work about you and Nanami's relationship suffer for it because it's just, like, so slow to develop. Um, it's a shame. Uh, I do love what they... Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, for context, um, this is chapter 22, 23 of the manga out of 48. Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, uh, this is just this is just making me making me terrified for the Chainsaw Man anime. I mean, I have faith, but like <laughs> that is the thing you could totally No, I feel like that one will go over because stretching out an action show tends to work better than stretching that's out true, the drama. That's true, right? But um I think that's the most recent thing I've read uh manga-wise. It's just like, wow, the pacing of this is so good. I'm like, "Oh man, what what if they fuck up Chainsaw Man?" Um is that series done? The manga? The first part of it is. It's uh, part two is going okay. right now. It's good. It's good. Read last, it. For anyone listening, last, go read last it. Last chapter was extremely my shit. Um, <laughs> uh, but to get back to this show, which has no uh, demons or chainsaws um, yet, um, uh? <laughs> uh, I really like uh, a little thing that um, we are watching the fan subs for this. I believe they are based on uh, Asenshi's uh, original fan subs of it. I do think there's some tweaks to it, so not sure what's changed or not. But I really like what the fan subs do with um, 
uh the like so at the end of the episode when you calls out to Nanami like after she's clearly out of earshot and can't hear uh like she's gone to the train station or whatever uh she yells out idiot at the same time that she's thinking to herself like you can't say that you hate what I love either like pointing out her like uh Nanami's hypocrisy um and because what the audio is doing is she yells out idiot the moment that she says love uh, in Japanese. And so to recreate that in the subs, you get like, you know, idiot in straight text over top of italicized, like in her monologue of uh, that you hate what I love either. But love is like blurred out. I love when yeah. like, fan subbers do little things like that with text yeah. to kind of mirror the intent. Um, in the manga, there's a speech bubble over yeah. a... Uh... Yeah, a thought bubble. I just sent you. That's the extremely good. And there's like a, another little moment like that where like she, I like this too. Where like it's so obvious that like you has like finally like flipped over. Like yes, I love her, but she's still like having trouble admitting it to herself because she knows like it would end her relationship with Nanami. Um, and there's a moment where they're intimate on the bed that like she's like tr- clearly trying to like get the words out of her mouth like to say something to the effect of i do love you and she just can't do it um i think that's like extremely good stuff um and then we get the end of the episode of like nanami having her epiphany of ah here's how we'll change the ending of the play which i do think works for me it did kind of have me a little bit excited of like oh i hope they do the play next episode because i like i I like this idea of like, oh, it's so obvious. Like, of course, you just like you're the person you are, kind of kind of thing. You know, um, it's like the you know, the it's like the obvious ending to that type of play, right? Like, I think it would be a bad play if you were like, and then she chose one of these three random options, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and it even goes with like, hey, it's mirroring the same thing where you is finally being proactive in her relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Where she like literally goes and changed the play on her own because that's what she wants. She literally like calls up Kuyomi and is like, "We have to talk," and then sprints to her house, which is like a funny thing to do, but again, like makes sense. It's like this characterful moment of like she is so driven to action now that she's literally gonna run to her friend's house and and hash this all out in person instead of just talking it out over the phone. Um, it's good, but my, my heart did sink just, like, thinking, like, man, you know this is gonna go nowhere. Like, we finally are, like, you know, at the point I've been waiting for, and only one episode left. Um, yeah, no, they honestly should have not said what the new ending was going to be, and then literally just had the next episode be the play, and, like, you, find you the audience, find out what it is as the thing goes. Like, that'd be like, oh, oh yeah, sure. hey, a nice ending. Something that I'm going to go read the manga now to see how this all turns out. Yeah. Nope. Yep, that's the end of the fourth volume right there and of an eight-volume series. <laughs> the fourth. That's wild. And, like, if you're going to split it into two seasons, that's where you'd stop it. I don't know, I guess the epi- they just got an episode order for 13 episodes versus 12, and... Yeah, it's really strange. I imagine this would have been already popular, right? Like, did they just not expect it to maintain pop? I don't know in the Yuri space, like, how long series stay popular. I mean, uh, Bloom Into You, you said, is, like, a kind of, like, a gold standard for, like, an introduction point into the genre. But is that, like, a common thing where it's like, oh, hey, like, we don't really know the long-term marketability of this, so we're not going to invest into a full adaptation? Or is it just that they are using anime as a marketing tool for the manga? I think it's more of the second one. Mm, hate to see it. I, I have no idea about, like, the, um blu-ray sales but i think the manga sold decently well 
Well, it's also just like more common um, than not for like not even just Yuri uh, adaptations, but just like adaptations of like anime in general to just get one season. Like you, you have to be like pretty popular to do one season and then years later get another season. Though it does seem to me like at one just from, you know, experience that's like closer to home for me, like it's very clearly popular over here, like in America, um, because like the manga sells really well. I do know that. And like the spinoffs and stuff sell really well um, for Seven Seas. Like it got two anthologies translated, which is saying yeah. a lot. And like, you know, we're, we're in a moment now where just like manga publishing and, and the English market is like bigger than it's ever been. And they'll just publish whatever. But like Bloom into You was like coming out at a time where like that wave was just starting. Um, so it says a lot that they were able to like publish all the spinoffs and stuff like that in English as well, because it, clearly they sell well and people really liked this anime at the time that it was out. Um, were mostly kind of down on its adaptation choices. But when this was airing, I definitely remember week to week people being really excited about it um, because it's like different than a lot of other. Especially because the manga yeah. was still ongoing at the time. People were talking about everything yeah, there. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. But I guess that's part of what I was trying to get at with my question is like, they, they, they hopped at the, they chomped at the bit to make this anime as the manga was still publishing. Is that because they were like, oh, this is like hot right now. We got to make this right now. Or, and like, we, they just didn't think it was going to last until the end of the, the manga. So they were like, oh, we got to get on this now. And like, whatever happens, happens. Or... I mean, unfortunately, like, the, the the reasoning is very cynical. Like, this is just true across the board for anime adaptations, is, like, it's always made to sell more stuff outside of the anime, whether that's more manga volumes or merch or whatever. So I bet mm -hmm. the manga was, like, picking up in popularity or doing well, and they saw the advantage to make an anime that adapta uh, adapts whatever was available of the manga up to that time to help drive sales for upcoming volumes and more merch and stuff like that. And now it's just a, a a question of like, will whatever like production companies uh, that are handling this one like think it's worth um, producing another season to finish the adaptation to then sell more stuff, or if there's just not enough stuff left to be sold <laughs> for them to justify making the anime? Um, because like outside mm. like Blu-ray sales and stuff like that, like the real money-making aspect of producing any anime is like the merch sales or like the physical. Uh, purchases that people are going to make around the show um so i guess that's like the extremely cynical take on it all it's just like <laughs> they made this to make money and they'll only make a second season if they think it'll make money and unfortunately like the people that made the show just kind of had to deal with the fact that they were you know like we're you know proposing all these various ways we could make the show and it's always easy when you're on the other side of things and you know not being crunched to death <laughs> in like an animation studio but like it's uh you know it, there's no easy way for them to have done this to like take half of an incompleted work uh and try to turn it into a season of anime and i think their goals from what from what i can tell from the show it seems like their goal was we're gonna like you know do the best we can within our budget limitations to make this show like presentable like in terms of animation quality and, and stuff like that and also, like, be as faithful to the manga so that the people who are fans of the manga aren't going to be mad that we ripped out this one scene or didn't do this or, or change this thing or whatever. And the result of that is now watching it four years later with the manga finished, you come off just a little, like, disappointed that they didn't try to do something different. Because otherwise, like, I am just left feeling like, why would you watch this over reading the manga if this is just, like, an incomplete version of the story? Well, I was going to, like save this question for the end but i feel like now's a good time to uh 
touch on it. Um, do I do y'all think this is a good like starter Yuri anime? I would say no, but I don't have enough familiarity with other works in the genre to like pick something else. I guess like to me, I just I would not recommend this. I think I said it at the top. I I just wouldn't recommend this anime. I think we'll see how I feel after reading the manga myself. But I I would probably recommend the manga as like an introductory to the genre more broadly but as like an anime like i don't i don't know what you get out of this anime if you don't then go oh i'm gonna read the manga next i guess or if you've read the manga before um because it's it's just an incomplete story it's like reading half of a novel and then like giving it to goodwill and never picking it up again see when i think of uh recommendation into the a new genre i'm imagining someone like i'm gonna give my my grandma a recommendation for Yuri. I think of things that are both good and also familiar. Something that, like, is a stepping stone into other stuff. So I might, if I, if someone had, like, never experienced anything Yuri, I might say, like, oh, here's this thing that's a little more, has a more traditional love story to it and is also a complete story. The complete story, like, that's going to be the big, like, Everything I'm going to say is, and also it should be a complete story uh, or a complete adaptation or something. So I, I feel like people might be turned off by like, oh, this is like a, a a romance story. And then they watch it and they're like, this doesn't, this isn't like, this is like a toxic romance for the majority of the, of the series or the entirety of the anime. The manga may flip that up towards the end. I don't know. But like, I don't know. I don't think I would recommend it as like a stepping stone. Maybe like a second or third one once someone's like in the Yuri space. The Yuri space. <laughs> the final the final frontier. <laughs> You've heard of the metaverse. Now we're in the Yuri space. We're 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 throwing away all computers and replacing them with gay sex. That's the Yuri space. Yeah, in, in this TED it. talk, I will <laughs> elaborate. <laughs> but um the so yeah, like but as like an entry point to this, if I weren't into like queer stories, if I weren't into anime generally, if I you know whatever, like I I would have dropped this you know three episodes in kind of thing. If that, I might have gotten in like six episodes and then been like, man, this this isn't for me. I don't know. It it's it's not my cup of tea. Even as me personally, it's not really it's not my thing. Um, partially or probably predominantly because of the adaptation issues. Um, but I could also see the uh, the storylining being inaccessible to people who are more accustomed to more straightforward romances, I guess. Ones that, like, aren't super, super, super messy. Mm-hmm. No, like, I, I'm with y'all. Um, I don't think it's bad for, like, a manga recommendation to get in. But, like, as far as anime go, I would not have this as be like, here's the first thing you should watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably end up going with... um. The Yamada and Kase-san, Ova. Yeah, that definitely seems, uh, from what I know of that, like a more standard like introduction. Um, mm-hmm. So, good news. Um, apparently, the the stage play adaptation for Bloom into You is mm-hmm. uh, it was delayed due to COVID, and it's actually set to go to be performed uh, between November twenty fifth and December fourth. And uh, with Japan potentially reopening tourism <laughs> next next month, I actually am considering planning a trip out in November if everything still holds okay. Uh, so there's a zero percent chance I'm going to go see it, but 
I'll, I'll be in the in the area potentially. Yeah, you can report that it's not like a government psyop. They're not tricking us into the fact that they're making more, <laughs> more bloom into you in, in one shape or form. I mean, that's interesting because, like, if if that's like you know a thing that's currently in production, right? Like that that kind of increases the odds that they would make a second season of anime. Um, could you could you imagine if I go see it, I come back, I'm like, y'all, there were no subtitles. Holy fuck! <laughs> like, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. It sucked. I'm just imagining you you going to Japan and like standing in like Shinjuku Square or whatever and like sending us a photo of like a big billboard ad for like Bloom into You season two and be like it's happening. Uh, that somehow you going to <laughs> Japan like uh, <laughs> activates um, the switch from the billboard. Sigh up. Okay. Uh, well, we we do have one more episode to get to. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> it's gonna be like a five hour episode. Yeah, this is our oh, uh, this is our it or Tommy Knockers. Uh, if we were uh, uh, <laughs> just King things. Well, good news is episode thirteen is about a minute of conversation. So. <laughs> That's true. Um, episode thirteen is called "To the Last Stop Slash Lighthouse." Kayomi and Nanami continue to work on changing the ending of the play. Nanami and Psyche meet at the cafe after Nanami gets back from visiting her sister's grave with her parents. Nanami talks with Psyche uh, some more about her feelings about her sister and the kind of person she really was. Psyche comforts her by telling her that the version of her sister that she saw is still part of who her sister was, and Nanami opens up to her about who her sister was to her. Although, crucially, we don't hear that. That's literally like the end of that scene. She's like, okay, I guess I'll tell you about my sister. Cut to uh, later. Nanami wants to text uh, you asking her uh, to see her, uh, but is nervous to do so. Right before she can hit send, you texts her and asks if she'd like to go somewhere together. The two of them visit an aquarium and have all kinds of fun looking at fish and watching a dolphin show. Uh, as the two share drinks together, Nanami opens up to you about what love means to her and admits that she thinks uh, that the part of her that loves you is the real her. Yu uh, is upset by how selfish Nanami is about their relationship, but um, uh, uh, how, it's, how it's fine for her to find love in you, but not the other way around. Um, but she's able to keep a straight face um, uh, through the conversation. Uh, as the two of them wait for the start of the March of the Penguin show, they decide to rehearse their lines for the play. Nanami is startled when Yu goes off script. Yu tells her she's improvising because Kiyomi wants to make changes to the script, not letting her know that the changes were her idea. Um, though the two are acting, they're clearly trying to get out their feelings towards each other. Yu tries to get Nanami to think about embracing the version of herself that exists in the here and now, uh, but Nanami says that she is quote-unquote empty and can't do that. Before things get extremely awkward between the two of them, the March of the Penguins begin, and then we get two montages, one of Yu and Nanami enjoying themselves at the aquarium, and one of all the other characters in the show doing their own little thing. Um, the show ends with you texting Kiyomi a suggestion for the title of the play, uh, which uh, is I Only Know You. And I am appalled, absolutely appalled, that <laughs> the name of the play isn't Bloom Into You. What the fuck are we doing? What was the <laughs> point of any of this? <laughs> I was fucking floored. Like, like, man, you really set that up and just fucking shit your pants, huh? Yeah, she's like, I didn't even, like, really think too much about, like, oh, yeah, they didn't have a title for the play. I bet they're going to call it Bloom to You. That's that's cute. That's fitting. Uh, and then, nope, <laughs> not at all. 
Uh, I think I had I had a note. Oh yeah, a note at the beginning of the episode because they're talking about like, oh, we we finally have the ending with something that I can appreciate, but like I need help with the the title. Uh, can you think of anything? And he's like, oh, I don't know, but I'll I'll think I'll try my best. And I was like, oh, I boy, I wonder if the if the title's gonna be Bloom into You. <laughs> and by the end of it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, they really uh, subverted your expectations there. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and shout out to the the last weird POV shot in the series uh, when they're at the the table together. Um, she's like, "Oh, I like." She says, "Like, can I ask your help for something?" The the author lady does, and uh, you like shakes her head, and it's the POV shot of her shaking her head. I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck? Whoa, I'm gonna throw up! Stop!" Um, but yeah, no. Uh, we finally got someone saying, "Like, by the way." The the sister that you that you know was part of her, even though eh, kind of not really. Like in hindsight, no, the the part of like the perfect sister that Nanami knows is distinctly not someone who Mio is like, because Mio is distinctly someone who cultivated a false. Im- anyway, um, but yeah, they finally have that conversation, and then stop having the conversation. Toko doesn't really seem to absorb the the conversation all that much. She's just like, well, I got to figure out how to, like, where to go from here. I might kill myself. And then, uh, like, which, like, for someone who has, like, cultivated their experience around being someone for, like, seven years, essentially, and doesn't know anything else, and to find out that, like, who they've been trying to emulate is, like, not a real person, like, this is going to sound... Like, don't, like, not a good thing, but a, I could see that kind of person having the train of thought of, like, okay, well, once I've gotten everything that I need to do out of the way, there's nothing left for me to do because I don't know who I am anymore. The only way out is suicide. Like, that is a thought process I can see that person having. Very strange how quickly it came about. (laughs) Like, it's kind of come out, came out of nowhere on this episode. Um... But yeah, no, this, I was like, hey, they're finally having, like, emotional beats. Cool. This is going to lead into the play, right? (laughs) And then they went to the aquarium. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this will be a short aside, right? And I have two all capital notes saying, why why the fuck are they at the aquarium? There's only ten minutes left in the series. And then, why the fuck are they still at the aquarium? There's only five minutes left in the series. Wait, that's it? (laughs) And then that was it. That was the show. I was like, wait, no, what? Yeah, they leave, like, the actual stinger on, like, what's gonna happen next in the penultimate episode, not the yeah. final one. Yeah, extremely weird. I have two all-caps notes of this episode that are literally like, Dear God, we do not have time for this. This is the last episode. And it was both uh, when they show that image of, uh, I guess to be explicit about it, like, Nanami's waiting for a train, and she's thinking to herself, like, Oh, I don't know what to do with myself after uh, the play. Um, and she, like, starts to walk forward as a train crosses into view, like, obvious imagery of her throwing herself in front of a train, Um, and then we cut to, like, reverse of, you know, you see her still standing on the track. Obviously, she didn't do it, but I was like, like you said, no real hint of that earlier. I guess we get, like, the last episode of, like, it makes sense for her to feel that way, and we do get her literally telling you, I hate myself, which is a pretty strong thing to say with, like, no ironic detachment to it. So it's, like, not surprising that that's where that's going. But again, 
it's the last episode. We do not have time for this. I do not have time to think about like Nanami potentially being suicidal uh, or considering taking your own life after the school play. Like this is the last episode. You gotta have some kind of wrap up. You can't leave me hanging. Like oh, I sure hope she doesn't kill herself. Um, and then the second time I was like, we do not have time for this. Is <laughs> they go to an aquarium and it's like this is it. <laughs> this is the last episode. And we're just gonna take a detour to go to aquarium and get wet at the dolphin show and see the march of the penguins <laughs> again just like i I'm, i don't want to come across like i don't think it's you know these are good choices being made but i mostly just thought it was extremely funny it's like you're not even gonna attempt to like do some kind of wrap-up because even if it is like you know we're doing a faithful adaptation of the manga we might get a second season once the manga's further along we want to leave these threads open you still want to have some sort of good like emotional climax to the thing but before those final two mo uh, montages that we get that i mentioned in the description the last scene is you and nanami talking with each other and you being like I really think you should like embrace the version of yourself that's like here and now with me, the one that loves me. And Nanami's like, I don't think I can do that. And they're just like stone faced, like awkward with each other. And then the March of the Penguins begin. And oh, happy montage of us having a good time at the aquarium. <laughs> it the tone of it like completely collapses. It's like, what is happening? Like, what do you want me to take away from the last like five minutes of the show? Um, other than just, man, I sure hope they make a second season of this. And then four years later, you're extremely disappointed to find out they did not. Hey, Madoka fans have waited longer than <laughs> that, that. That is true. They did literally wait 10 years for movie four <laughs> and weren't like fucking finally. It's like, oh, yay, another movie. Like, it's, it's normal to wait 10 years. Now, here's the question that is going to, I may or may not have an aneurysm. <laughs> Is this episode in the manga? Yeah, it's right after um, you and uh, Kono are working on... Okay. That's a little less upsetting then. Yeah. If they had just made something up and this is what they went with, that'd be like, I'd explode. But I guess if they're like, fuck it, we got, we, we've been doing a fateful adaptation up till now, we gotta keep going. I guess... No one wanted to trim the, the aquarium scene. <laughs> really feels like they got an order for 13 episodes and they wrote out 12 episodes and were like, ah, shit, we need another episode. Do we just go to the next chapter? In, in hindsight, there's clearly some, some time filling in other episodes because, you know, the, the montages at the end of this episode are clearly meant to be like, this is it, folks, time to bring it all in. Uh, but we get other montages at the ends of several other episodes where it, like, cuts back to like moments between Nanami and you just to remind you what happened. And it's very clearly like, a, oh crap, there's five minutes left in this episode and we've already finished adapting what's in the, the chapter we're doing. Uh, so knowing that, again, makes all this make so much more sense. Uh, this would have required something like a lot of changes, but this feels like a relaxation. Like if they had just had the play and that was like the emotional highlight where all the cards were on the table and everyone's kind of like getting out there and that happened like last episode so everything would have been pushed back a little bit and this was like the this is our first date as a real couple mm -hmm. and maybe instead of just saying like oh i want you to love me as you right now and then nanami goes like i don't know that i can and like they just kind of stare until the penguins come if it was like 
I don't know that I can, but I'm going to try my best. And like, that's where they left it. And they go into the penguin montage. That would be more okay. That's like, a, okay, like she's going to try her best. And that wouldn't be like in line with the manga anymore. Like it'd be a different adaptation or a different ending. But at least it wouldn't just be like this wet fart that we get <laughs> as an ending instead. Where it's like, no, I'm not going to. Yeah. Penguins! Because, <laughs> I mean, like, it, if this was, like, a 24-episode anime, right? If they were adapting the whole manga and it was 24 episodes, this would just be a normal episode in the middle, right? Like, it, it plays like a normal episode up until the montage where it's like, you know, that's it. Time to, time to, <laughs> time to call it an end. Um, because otherwise, like, everything in this episode is fine. Like, it, it builds on the previous episode. It, you know, th- things are moving forward with the play. It's cool to have them, like, actually go on a date. It's nice that you is the one to, like, bother Nanami first. Like, she's breaking out of her shell. She's being more assertive. Uh, we start to, like, see kind of the dark side of the stuff with Nanami and her, her sister, like, that she's, you know, clearly thinking uh towards like suicide as like a serious option um or at least like that's the implication right and we're we would be left to go forward with that if there were more episodes after this but it just like um it literally is like they took a 24 episode anime and just chopped it off in the middle and stuck a montage on the end and, and called it a series um it's it's strange but you know i guess you understand how they get there if the manga hadn't finished like how could they do a you know uh uh, play scene if they didn't want to like step on the toes of the manga right um like i get why you make that decision to to not want to change anything and that that can i you know there's all sorts of things that happen in production orders for these kinds of shows like it might have been like a we really want to sell the manga and we really want to let people we really want people to feel like they need to pick up the manga after they watch the show um and so maybe that was like the order uh from up top was to be like nope you can't change anything adapt up to this chapter and and do some kind of stinger to make it feel like a finale uh, but it really like suffers for that mm-hmm. uh all right well i feel like that's it uh, i don't have anything else to add um we already talked about the I do think that the, the date is yeah. pretty cute outside of the um the fact it's that good. The I mentioned episode. earlier that there's a lot of like cliched kind of episode types in the season. Um but this is the one that like I just find good on its on its face. Like I love a good uh people going on a date to an aquarium kind of scene. I love going to an aquarium, so you know, I'm I'm here for it. Waiting for COVID to be over so I can go on my own <laughs> lesbian aquarium date. <laughs> I was going to say, we did talk about the, the weird scene between the, you know, the lesbian cafe owner and the, the teacher. Uh, I don't think there's much more to be said about that, although I do like that like, the framing of the scene is like it's like after hours at the cafe and the manager's like sitting at the bar of the cafe smoking because the, like, like her girlfriend won't let her do it at home. Um, uh, and I just want to reiterate that Again, the show should be about the chain-smoking lesbian who runs a cafe that all the, the local queer high school students go to. Yeah, like, the conversation between those two, it's, like, a very realistic conversation. Like, that absolutely is a thing with, like, um, you know, exclusively gay or lesbian people dating bi people. I know that conversation happens IRL, but it was worded a bit weird, I guess. It like also just comes Daniel out of nowhere. There's, earlier. like, no indication. And also, like... These two have presumably been dating each other for a while. Why are they having this conversation now? It just like it. Yeah, I guess it's like assumed that some of the shit Sayaka was saying made um, Miyako feel a bit insecure, but they really didn't yeah. express that well. But 
good news in the manga chapters we're reading there is a bonus chapter of those two meeting oh, in college yeah. so look I forward to look it forward to it should make a they should just continue to make spinoffs of all the best characters. Where's where's their full full spinoff? They should announce another Bloom into You anime, but it is just the <laughs> uh, Miyako and uh, Hakazaki uh, uh, backstory. <laughs> that would be extremely funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, Danielle, do you know? I think all three of us have just decided we're gonna read the manga from cover to cover uh all eight volumes but if people wanted to just read uh the chapters that the anime does not adapt do you have offhand like what those are it, it start at chapter 25 and read to the end okay and how about you said it's like 48 chapters something around there sure. offended you don't have the uh you don't have the cr- the crisp and clean uh cbz uh files that i graciously provided it's... in our group chat <laughs> it'd be um chapters <laughs> 25 through two through 45 45 okay uh or if you want to read along the whole manga, uh, 45 chapter or 48 chapters or whatever, not mm-hmm. long at all, you could do that We're starting like a third of the way through volume 5 out of 8. Gotcha. I, I do cool. think it's a pretty quick read when you're not reading it as it's releasing. Mm-hmm. I am personally just looking forward to uh, how uh, a little prep work I'll have to do because <laughs> I'm not going to write <laughs> like per chapter, per volume episode descriptions. I'm going to do something else. Uh, how are we gonna i think we'll handle discussion per volume that would make sense to me yeah starting at what we we're not we're not talking about the whole manga we'll have like a few seconds for hey was there anything in the stuff that was adapted that you wanted to bring up yeah it'll probably just and then we'll be like all right here's volume five yeah i imagine we'll it will mostly be you know comparative analysis between the two and then talking about the stuff that doesn't get adapted which i'm i'm looking forward to you know with all the gripes about the anime uh it does like to me indicate like oh there's like there's like good bones on this thing i bet the manga is like pretty solid um but that's next time uh meanwhile uh did anybody else watch any other anime uh danielle do you do you want to go first oh right um i haven't talked about this from the last time um Hey, I started watching the newest Wicross season, Wicross Steve Alive, and <laughs> holy shit, it fucking slaps. We should have watched that one. It's an actual fucking card card game anime, and also kind of an idol anime. I don't know, you got like teams playing card games against each other. It fucking rules. I'm very excited to to hear this this good, good news from up high. Uh, but uh, me and the Meyer, I, I still will need to watch <laughs> Lost Storage before I can grace myself with the, the fun actual card game uh idol trio card battles what's what's not to love now did you watch this because you uh and a significant other are are getting into the card game or was this just like a okay (laughs) that answers that me and two of my girlfriends are getting into the card game oh my god what have we done at least as far as card games go it's absolutely not on the expensive side compared to something like Mm, magic uh, Yu-Gi-Oh or god forbid magic Talks about expensive. Like a meta deck will cost you a hundred bucks versus a few hundred for Yu-Gi-Oh or thousand plus for Magic. Jesus Christ! I will not be uh, consuming any more Wickross media, <laughs> uh, even if it's even if it's selected uh, for uh, the podcast. I will not be. I will not be a selector the or infected. Th- this this is truly the three kinds of people post uh, finishing selector Wicksauces. <laughs> I want to watch more, but I have to watch them in order. I'm gonna skip to the newest one that seems fun, and I never want to go here again. <laughs> uh, well, 
Well, as everyone knows, I hate all anime, so. That's true. <laughs> we are firmly an anti-anime podcast. Uh, <laughs> Watch us transition to being a fucking manga podcast. Exactly. After <laughs> <So> being like... <laughs> uh, We're reading One Piece next time. Oh, if only. Um, I'd do it. Uh, all right. Wait, you watching anything else, Daniel? Just continuing stuff. Uh, that was the that's the big one. Gotcha. Uh, what about you, Danny? Um, nothing for me. I have had a busy couple of weeks with stuff at work, so I've not had the time to to get into much of anything. So next time, I will hopefully have even more stuff to report because, especially because uh, the manga will be a quick read, so I'll have time to read some other stuff too. It's true. Oh, I totally forgot. I finished my rewatch of Going to Be the Twin Tail. I didn't even know you were rewatching it. Uh, good yeah, um, it's still uh, a fun tokusatsu uh, shitpost anime with uh, some genderbender stuff in there. So, you know, <laughs> it's absolutely not like high art or anything, but it, you'll know if it's for you. Oh, yeah. Knowing about it. I feel like just the title alone is probably enough for a whole swath of people to be like, yeah, I'd watch that. Um, uh, the, uh, like what were me and you talking about last night about Valkyrie drive, which is like more anime just need to be like unabashedly stupid and horny. Uh, that that's twin tales. Yeah. To me. That is an unabashed anime. Really? The issue is there's one episode where like the main character gets permanently turned into the girl, even out of the, uh, the, uh, transformation battle scenes. And it's like, yeah, give me more episodes of that, please, yeah. please. <laughs> but yeah, no, the show's like unashamed about it and it works well for it i hope the uh lns get translated oh yeah at some point i would imagine that's that's probably an inevitability right uh, someone will, someone um, will pick that up i think um hopefully someone will pick it up i think it's been like two years since there's been a new yeah any new translation on the light novel front for that but i still might end up reading that because they're ahead of the anime but i need to read the sayaka elons for for next episode hopefully um i have here i was jot down uh, a quick anime i watched throughout the two weeks uh my first note is i said fuck anime i did it for steve i um spent a good chunk of my time <laughs> uh reading the tommy knockers which is not anime but i promise you uh the tommy knockers is one of the best novel Stephen King's ever written. It's extremely good. Cannot recommend it enough. Um, just don't watch the TV miniseries, though it does have uh, Jimmy Smits in it uh, from Star Wars. Uh, he's uh, uh, Leia's uh, adoptive dad in Star Wars, uh, but it's, it's pretty bad. But the book is incredible. Um, so I forecode anime to read just an absolute banger of a sci-fi horror book. Um, and then also in other... Th- this, this is slightly more anime, but still not anime. Um, I finished the Live Live HD remake uh, for the Switch, the, the 2D, HD 2D remake. Um, genuinely one of the best JRPGs ever made. Um, fucking incredible. Uh, it's just a, like, a love letter to like what you can do with the JRPG as a format, and also a love letter to like genre storytelling. Um, if you don't know, Live Alive has like eight playable characters and each is like their own different story chapter and it's like completely different genres. So one is like, you know, this is very anime. One of them is literally like a mecha anime and you play like the protagonist of a mecha anime complete with like fake mecha anime uh, opening theme. Um, but then there's also like a spaghetti Western and um, a medieval one and a, a Shaolin monks kind of story. Um and it just like really understands each of those genres and it brings them all together in the end that is just like extremely cool, very like 
stuff you can only do in a JRPG kind of thing. Um, I, I think the way I put it is like, if you consider yourself a fan of like JRPGs and especially like class, more classic style JRPGs like Dragon Quest or some of the original Final Fantasies, like Fantasy Star, that kind of stuff, you really owe it to yourself to play it. Um, and the remake does a really good job of like bringing that into it a still context. is just like I know we were having this discussion um, off podcast a while ago, but it still just like astounds me like how um, developed JRPGs are as a genre versus almost anything made by large Western studios. Right. And it's it's definitely one of those games you play where like the, you know famously that game not been available officially in English, so a lot of you know. Uh, English-speaking JRPG fans haven't played it, um, or if they have, they played you know, like a pretty mediocre fan translation. Um, but uh, increasingly clear how like big of an impact it's had on um, like JRPGs in general. Um, like shout out to a game that just got a release date announced for Octopath uh, Two and Octopath. Like those are games that just straight up don't exist without Live Alive. Um, or like some of the later Final Fantasy stuff just like does not happen in the way it does without Live Alive. Um, like extremely seminal that's like a, it's like originally like a 1994 game it is just like in the dna of the genre and you just like wouldn't know it um if you're like not really attuned to those things so it, it's just a shout out because i just think it's so cool that it's finally like playable for a lot of people and the hd 2d like treatment that it got is like pretty great um, rpgs are so fucking cool yeah <laughs> kind of sucks that like 15 years ago they just got their reputation in the west yeah like permanently damaged <laughs> um and one more quick thing about life life not to spend too much time on it but the other neat thing about it it's not like 100 hours you don't have to do a lot of grinding there's some like optional uh end game dungeon stuff you can do which i did and it still was like a 30 hour game for me like not very long at all um all the story chapters are like a couple hours at most um again you don't need to do a lot of grinding some of the chapters, it's basically just like the final boss fight is the only combat you'll do, and others have a bit more involved combat. It's just, it's really fucking good. Yeah, um, I'm can't wait till I can gush about either the JRPGs I'm currently playing once I finish them, especially Caligula. Like, oh my god, I will be annoying about Caligula too once I finish it. Like <laughs> the three other people on Twitter you've seen that have actually played the game. Yeah, mm. I just wish uh, Live Alive had a better name because uh, every time I see it. I think of isn't there a fucking date alive? Isn't it's that like an date anime? alive? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's love live, and there's live laugh love, and then there's uh, various day life. What the fuck? I'm I'm fine with JRPGs getting bullied until they get their naming <laughs> set straight. Like, well, I'll just say from uh, an outsider perspective, <laughs> I get it. No, that's fair. Uh, live alive did it first though, so all those other ones have to fucking. Uh, you that's know, true. Take, take the shit yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. Um. I had a. I do have one more anime, actual anime related thing, which is uh. Again, my note is just it, it's not the anime you watch; it's the anime you don't watch. Uh, that's jazz, baby. Um. Uh. I. I. I finally dropped the. Uh. Sussy maid show. I can never remember like the maid I hired is mysterious or something like that. Just hit the point where it's like this Sussy is maid. this is boring, and I'm mostly just looking at Twitter while I'm watching it, and just just stop. Should the have fucking adapted the groping manga. Well, okay, I'm gonna say a thing, um, which is is probably as bad as I mean it to be, I guess, but um, it, it's still true nonetheless. I was both hoping and expecting the maid show to be way more problematic than it is. It is way too tame. Um, <laughs> just needs to be a little bit more, uh, you know, like 
horny than it actually is um yeah so you know like i said the groping show literally or the manga is literally called boobs are the best thing yeah. in the world i just mean with the uh you know with like the story that the maid show is like that might veer into some direction some people might not want to watch but i'm like hey like as long as it's like funny and entertaining the way that like jahi sama was i don't give a shit um but it just was pretty boring so i did drop that but other than that i i just I actually haven't watched any of the anime that aired this week. I've not watched the new uh, Love Live because I've been too busy. Uh, and I'll probably fix that after this podcast now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, okay. Anything else? Something I wanted to to bring up uh, that I saw that's not anime. Uh, but you you mentioned like all this kind of genre blending with uh, uh, Live Alive. And um, uh, a Senegalese film I saw called Salome. Very good. Very interesting movie. The um, First half and the second half are basically two different movies in a way that uh, is is a wild wild ride. Um, I think I prefer the first half, but the second half is very interesting as well. Um, it blends a lot of like uh, spaghetti western x samurai drama x uh, like action movie like three amigos like a lot of good shit going on there. Um, funny it's it's um yeah it's just a lot of stuff going on definitely worth a watch um if you can see it in theaters um the theater i saw it in had like reclining seats it was so fucking nice um but yeah no very fun fun movie uh highly recommend to anyone uh well we did not get any questions uh, but you should send your questions into uh, under the kotatsu.anime at gmail.com or you can DM us directly on Twitter. We are at under the kotatsu. Go follow us if you haven't. Um, next time we'll be talking about the manga, as we said. Uh, and then after next episode, we'll have a little spooky treat for Halloween. So stay tuned for that. Uh, time works out pretty well for us to do a kind of Halloween one off episode. Um, but until next time, uh, I've been your host, Austin. You can follow me at chai underscore squared on Twitter. Where can people find you, Danielle? I am at lesbunny with one N on Twitter. And where can people find you, Danny? You can find me at cover me and sauce on Twitter. All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for us this time. Uh, Danielle, why don't you take us out? Be crimes, do gay, and we will never escape the curse of incomplete Yuri anime adaptations. See you next time. <laughs> Sit